0: Please be aware, this show may contain adult language and humour, and any opinions expressed by my guests are solely their own. Enjoy the show. Hello, I'm Damien Edwardson, one half of Art 92 and the creator of the sci-fi wrestling comic, The Galaxy Grappling Alliance, and welcome to Omen to That a chip-free, sporadic podcast series where I talk to a selection of hand-picked guests on a diverse range of topics centred in and around the world of art, comics, and all things creative. Before we begin, I just want to say a huge thanks to all those who've supported our latest Kickstarter campaign for GGA Issue 2. We never have any expectations about campaigns. You can't have any expectations about anything these days, can you? So to see people from around the world support us is incredibly humbling, and we just wanted to say thank you. I'm sure most of you listening to this have experienced the joy of attending a convention, either as a visitor, a trader, or if you're really lucky, even as a guest. And often the events themselves can be taken for granted. After all, we just turn up and they're ready to go. But what does it take to put on a successful event? What about the months of planning, the booking of venues, securing of guests, schedules of activity, and then there's the small matter of raising enough money to run the event at all? And on today's show, I'll be discussing the often unseen world of putting on the convention. It's the art of the con. And I'm fortunate enough to be joined by two experts in not only putting on successful shows, but also each offering a unique insight as to what they offer, both to the comics and wider communities they serve. We'll be discussing the ups and downs and dig a little deeper into what's involved in running a successful convention. So get your lanyard ready. Let's open the doors and discuss the art of the con. So once again, I'm extremely lucky to be joined by two guests, both with vast experience of running highly praised conventions on the UKC. My first guest is the driving force behind the largest free convention in the country. That's the olden comic con to you and me. He's a comic book expert. He's a writer. He's a podcaster. He's a thoroughly genuine guy. I'm pleased to say a big hello to Comic Den himself, Dennis Whittle.
1: Hello. Thank you for having me.
0: You're very welcome. And also joining us today is another highly respected convention organiser whose event, the True Believers Comic Festival, is now regarded as the official start of the convention season in the UK. He's an artist and writer of several comics, including March of the Robots and Hello to Jason Isaacs. And I'm pleased to welcome to the show Stuart Mulraine. Who told you I'm highly respected, honestly?
2: Hello. How are you?
0: Well, to be fair, you did before we started. Oh, so yeah. You made, shit. you made me write it down, didn't you? So welcome both. And thank you for uh, for giving up your time to be on the show. Thank you for having me on. No, thank you. And I uh, take it you know each other from the world of convention organising.
2: Yeah, we're we, mortal enemies, as
0: all convention organisers are.
1: Yeah, we're anomalous because we don't actually hate each other, which is really
0: <laughs> weird. <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll get into a bit more of that later on, won't we? So, um, just as a way of an introduction then, so what was, what was your first convention? Can either of you actually remember when it was, where it was, and can you remember what you bought?
2: Um, my first non-comic-focused convention was one in Gloucester Leisure Centre, um, I went with Andy one Saturday afternoon after I'd finished work. I honestly can't remember much about it, apart from there were a few people who were Imperial officers from Star Wars charging 20 quid an autograph, and I thought that was fucking ridiculous. But (laughs) um, I think I just bought a few comics and that, and possibly a couple of toys, because that was my main focus at that sort of age. And then my first proper Comic-Con was um, Bristol, when they used to do it in the shed by the train station. Um, Again... There was a small, small press community there, so I bought a couple of small press titles from that. Um, met a couple of artists, got a commission from Sean Phillips, which I've still got up on my wall, wow. of um, Holden from Sleeper. Because I had that moment where everybody was like, you know, can you do Catwoman? Because he's just gone on to Catwoman. And I was like, I'm not going to ask for Catwoman. I'm going to be cool. I'm going to ask for Holden. And then when I got up to him, I couldn't remember his name. So I was like, uh, the guy from Sleeper. <laughs> um, and I met Jim Lee there as well, but I only got an autograph because the cue to get... A picture from him, which I wish I'd done now because I've seen how much he charges now. But yeah, the queue was pretty much out of the shed and round the car park, and Mm -hmm. my wife was like, "I'm not staying here that long." And he was taking his time with fucking drawings. I know that was just around the time of Hush, so So the cusp. 2004, 2005. I mean, had I known that he was going to become one of the rock stars of comics,
0: yeah, yeah,
2: kind of thing, I possibly would have put my marriage at risk and made an effort to get it, but. What was his bike? What was he, you know... he was really nice. Like I say, I went up a couple of times because I got a comic signed for me and then I thought I might as well get one for my brother-in-law. So I went and bought a spare Batman comic and then got him to sign that for my brother-in-law as well. So I went up a couple of times. But yeah, he was... He sort of engaged with you, but obviously didn't talk for long because he was also doing a drawing for somebody else. And as they were paying bigger bucks and I was just getting free autographs kind of thing.
0: Fantastic. What about you, Dan?
1: I can't remember. I... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my, my my kind of um merge into to lots of things yeah um because i remember i remember um going to like a, a couple of small ones in manchester down near the university it probably late 80s early 90s when i was a wee up. um mm. and i think my first big con was probably london but i can't they all merged to be honest mate it got to mm. so many um i went to w- one in blackpool at the Narbrick Hotel many many moons ago, um, and had my bum felt by Caroline Monroe. That was fun. I enjoyed that. Um, <laughs> but I can't. It's it, it it They all they all do merge. Um, as for buying stuff, it would be comics, mm-hmm. um, and old comics as well. I, I've always I've always had this thing about um, bronze, you know, gold and silver age stuff. I've always wanted the older stuff more than anything. So, yeah, I can't I can't really remember, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, that's a crap answer, but I can't, it's, yeah, my, my, my memory's not what it used to be.
0: <laughs> it's true, though, because I'm, I'm a bit like that, because um, my first conventions were Manchester as well, but I, I was mid-early 80s, really, and um, I used to go down with a mate of mine called Chris. He was a bit older than me, so he used to kind of look after me, you know, but that's the only reason my mum and dad would let me go, because he was kind of taking me there and making sure I didn't get, you know, abducted in the mean streets of Manchester, as it was at the time. And all I can remember about the first couple we went to was they were always in a basement. You know, I I can always remember that they were always underneath something. So you had to kind of go down and into a room, you know, and it was probably in a hotel or something, but that bit's a bit of a blur. And the only other thing that that really sticks out from those early conventions is that um, I'd never seen so many comics in All my life, and I was just blown away, you know. It was like because I grew up where you couldn't get comics other than at the newsagents, we didn't have a local comic shop that I knew about, and it was just unbelievable. And now, thinking about it as well, there's quite a lot of really famous <laughs> artists there at the time, yeah. And you just didn't say, you know, so this is like 2000 AD era when you would have had all those guys there. And I, I know, um, there was a couple of conventions where Alan Moore was there and stuff. And it's just like, you know, there were more comic marts, but you had artists and writers and mm-hmm. people doing what I didn't know at the time were portfolio reviews and stuff and loads of artwork for sale and I just think you've had a bloody time machine, I tell you. <laughs> you know. Just just and again, not to speculate on the artwork and its value, but just because it's lovely to have and have on your wall or, or you know, whatever. It was it's so I,
2: cheap to get artwork then as well though, wasn't it?
0: oh it's ridiculous especially the
2: 2000 looking back I wish I bought so much more yeah because you think what they charge now is even for original pages I suppose original pages are rarer now because a lot of it's done digitally but yeah you can blow all your thing just buying an original
0: page I saw saw like a flyer someone had um, sort of scanned and put up about you know the cost of art for 2000 AD and it was like Brian Bolland pages for like 15 quid and know things like that and you're just thinking like Jesus (laughs) You know what I mean? But fifteen quid back then was a lot of money still. You know, yeah. it wasn't 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 cheap. But what's it now? About six seven grand a page on average. But yeah, it's had all these really really famous artists, and I don't think there was anything above twenty quid. And then yeah.
1: approachable. Everybody was just having a good time. Yeah. And yeah. You could just walk up to them and have a chat, and there was none of this pretense, none of this kind of you know minders with them or anything. It was just go and have a chat about comics, and they were just privileged to talk to someone about comics yeah because I, I i out of my out of kind of my friends i was the only person into comics um so going there and seeing you know people who were mm. like me um i smelt better but you know making people like me and seeing all the same as you've seen all these comics and then just going up to people and just chatting about comics mm. it was it that's what kind of got me hooked really
2: the comics people are always so much more approachable than the Quote unquote celebrities, as well, with a couple of exceptions. I've not had a good experience with anybody that's you know famous for being on TV. Say, probably count on one hand, in fact, I'm probably counting on one finger. Colin Baker is probably the most approachable celebrity I've ever met at a convention who's happy to just chat with you for a bit. Otherwise, they're all just kind of like signed it, go away now, please.
0: Yeah, and it's funny because I can remember, um, I think I was telling you the other day that. I was digging through some long boxes the other week and I came across a signed copy of Swamp Thing 31 and it's signed by Alan Moore, Steve Bissett and John Totleben. And I can remember queuing up to get that signed and having a chat with them. And of course, I was a kid, so I was nervous and stuff, you know. But they were just really, really nice. And there wasn't quite the, um, the urgency that you get today with big names at conventions, you know, where you're allowed like a window of 30 seconds and then, you know, if you're lucky and, and off you go, because everybody behind you wants to, yeah, sort of stab you because you're taking all the time, up, you know. So it does, it does blend, um, Dennis. I wouldn't worry too much, mate. Well, I wouldn't go that far. I just, don't well, know why I am. I just, no, I, was I, just, trying I just, to be nice. I just, just on that for a minute what's this one? What am I doing? Who's that sort of invited to be fair? You know, I don't know why you're even on the call. Hey, we'll make do with it, won't we, Stuart? You know, the words hurt. I'm just saying words hurt. <laughs> so given that you know you you sort of both fell in love with conventions shall we say and and all that surrounds it what made you decide to actually organise a comics convention of your own I mean you know in hindsight if you knew then what you knew now do you think think you'd still do it
2: I mean for me initially it was money coke and whores (laughs) and you know once I realised that isn't actually a reality
0: (laughs) that would be the greatest name for a racehorse wouldn't it it would
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> mine was just basically um, I was dared to do it by my daughter Amy dared me to do it wow we left we left um, a really 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 shit convention I mean really bad mm. and um, I was getting a bit jaded with certain things which we'll come on to later and Amy she, she was 10 at the time kind of turned around to me and says I bet you could do better I urge you to do it and I was like okay then I can't say no to that, can I? <laughs> I so,
2: to be proved wrong by a child.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and to say it's, it, you know, it's, it's mainly Amy's brainchild. It was mainly Amy's idea. And, my kind of take on it was, I wanted to make, comics comics have gone a little bit elitist for from, from my liking um mm. in, in certain cons and things you know you, you go to london and it's 15 20 30 quid to get in and then you queue up for days and it's then 10 quid for a signature and they only do so many because then people are going to flip them and my kind of idea was i want people to be excited about comics as i am and i wanted to go back to those days where you could just walk in have a straw around nothing interesting you could leave or you could go in and spend the whole day just geeking out with people. So th- th- kind of very early on, I'd have, I had kind of like a mission statement, a very clear thing in my mind what I wanted. I wanted to be free. I wanted to be accessible. Nobody would charge for signatures or anything like that. Um, and we would just have fun. Mm. Um, and I, I in my head, I said I will support small press because they've always been good to me and stuff. So I, I would try to help them as much as I can. So they would be advertised the same as anyone else. So if we got a, a big name guest, whatever, they would be advertised the same. So it was very much a bit of a kind of a social experiment, really, the first one to see if it would work. And then it did, to my mm. shock and horror. Um and then the second one that went massive. And then the, the, the third one, it went even bigger. And I, I am I I am privileged in the fact that I've been able to do it free. But, but there is this kind of, and I, I've spoken to, to, to Stuart about it before, there is this kind of myth that money just landed on my lap um, or I had to go on my knees for it or something. And it was I had to work very, very hard to get that initial investment. Yeah. Um, I had meeting after meeting after meeting. I had to pitch and pitch and pitch because nobody were interested. Nobody thought comics would work. As, as, a, as a freebie as a kind of stuff and that's mm. why we did the first couple in the library because I thought it linked up very well with reading and you know the first one had four and a half thousand people come the second one had six and a half and the, the third one's about five and a half as well and the whole point of it was to make it free and to make it family orientated and within that very similar to Stuart it's, it's me my wife my daughter my, my mother-in-law were all involved in it it's it's not it's not a corporation it's not it's, it's, it's not massive it's it's about my enjoyment and what i the minute i the minute i don't enjoy it i'll stop doing it the minute i think it's changing into into too big or whatever then i'll stop doing it because i don't want it to be a massive thing that just gets swollen up by stuff i want people to be able to go in go and chat to people go and have a good laugh geek out and then leave and that was very much amy's idea she wanted she wanted people her, her mates to come along but a lot of her mates are into comics make it free they're going to come along yeah so it's a brand new audience and it was it was a kind of that's how it came out but i had i, I did have a very you know i've said this but my in my head this is what i was going to do it and if i can't do it this way then i'm not going to do it and do
0: you think part of that was driven by the venue uh, driven by the fact you know the location was the in, in the north of england where you know i live i live not far from you and you know we we don't have lots of disposable income in the communities and things. So a lot of people can't afford to yeah, go to definitely, conventions. Definitely. They just can't afford it. You know, by yeah. the time you've taken your kids and gone to Manchester or whatever, paid 20, 30 quid a ticket, um, and then gone in, and then you know, you may want to buy stuff or at least even just eat and drink or whatever. Mm. You know, a lot of people genuinely cannot afford to get into those kind of events. And and was that part of the, the thinking as well then? Yeah, very much so. I, I
1: wanted to be accessible. And as much as no one one wants to say about it, money, money is an issue for people. Yeah. But it it wasn't even that because one of of the things we did, any money we did make on the day, we just bought books. We just bought loads and loads of books and we gave them away. So we gave them to libraries, we gave them to schools. So what happened after the first one, the week after when I went into like a debrief, every single graphic novel in the library had gone for the first time ever wow the whole the yeah. whole library was empty of graphic novels and we we bought about 150 for them and they were all out the next day and that's what i'm so people could come along look at this get and think oh if i can't afford it, it doesn't matter mm. you can go to the library now and go and get the book so and we also what we did we went around and all the small press guys and all the guests we bought at least one book of everybody mm. and then put them in the library so there's a bit of a legacy there as well and we we still do that now so whenever we do an event uh, either um assigning at the shop or assigning anywhere, we always make sure we have stuff from the person there and we give it all away to to, to libraries and things because again it's 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 making accessible money money is a barrier to go into things and um, and it sounds really stupid but even as a fiver that's five pound less that you've got to spend in the con and and people and if you've got a family of four again Talking about North of England, it's the, the you know Oldham especially. It's not the most affluent area going, mm-hmm. um, and I think you got people th- who didn't have any idea went in, and it was free. The all the all the workshops were free. They got to meet everyone free and have a chat for stuff, and I think that was really important. Like in fact, the last last one we did, one of the best moments for me was there was um, um a, a little bus turned up outside, and it was from from the school down the road, which is a special school, and all they right. were saying they brought all the children, and said so we couldn't do this if we had to pay. Yeah. Yeah, and I, yeah, I'm not blowing around trumpet or anything. No, but it is it. Is, it was very much this is how I'm going to do it, and it has been poo-pooed. and people have took the piss out of me, and people think that, you know, it's a golden egg or something. I worked very, very hard to get that money, and I still have to every single time yeah. I'm doing it. And we get this, the kind of people we get coming. I think it's because they bought into the whole premise. It's it's about it's about we don't invite anyone unless you unless you've written a book drawn a book or published a book mm. there's, and there's no frills i don't put money where i don't need to i don't do massive after parties i don't do yeah. big glossy posters i don't do this that, and the other i do a little tour of all the like radio stations and tv just to kind of because i'm a bit of a media whore um, but i don't i you know i get the money and i don't put it into anything else apart from the apart from the con we don't have massive you know we have these tables and we don't put tablecloths all them all and we and we feed everybody everyone's looked after and yeah we got
0: beer last time we came yeah well I, you
1: know we yeah we, we had our own beer which was sponsored yeah um we had a, we had a big kind of like um um expo on open event where we invited local companies um in oldham to come and look at what we've done and we had the university come along and we had lots mm. of shops and the brewery came along so we you know we can't physically give you 500 quid but we'll do 500 pounds worth of beer for you we'll put your logo on it and then we'll sell it in the pubs in manchester so our beer we're in 132 pubs in manchester
3: yeah
1: With our logo and stuff and that brings people in we also we got sponsorship from xenoscope um boom dynamite um diamond sponsored us so we got we got loads of freebies also one of the other things we did everybody who came into the con all walked away with a free comic in fact they walked away with like a stack of comics because we got so much stuff sent to us yeah. Just gave it all away. Yeah, you had those packs, didn't
0: you? Yeah, we yeah. went when I was at. So um, and we did yeah. like
1: that, like a treasure hunt. Because again, people aren't into comment. I, I suffer from this myself. If I see I, I'm I struggle making conversation with somebody. Mm-hmm. So if I if I go up to someone at the table and I go, "Would you sign this comment for me?" You, I, I'm not very good at it. But we had this little treasure hunt where everyone signed it, and it's a talking piece straight away. But it is, and like you said, I have been. People have been very negative about what what i'm doing to the point that i've been matched out of conventions right.
0: i was invited
1: i was invited to go and speak to um uh, john layman he he, he wants me i was having a chat with him and um they tried to frog matching me out he kind of defended me and brought me back in again um mm-hmm. the con's never about me it's not it's not a, you'll never see me on pictures you'll never see me um around on on any kind of propo- promotional stuff because it's not about me I'm never at the front of it, and at the con itself, I, I'm constantly walking around making sure everyone's happy and stuff. Because the con's not about me; it's about it's about you, Damien. It's about the guests. It's about the people who are coming. It's yeah. about it's about the, the couple of sellers we have. It's not about me. I'm just putting it out there so people can come and geek out and be as passionate about
0: comics as I am. That's what it's about. It's, it's interesting you say that because obviously I've been fortunate enough um, with H and with Art92 to. Of table at both your events, um, both yourself and Stuart, and along with you know, there's a couple of other notable ones, you know, like Leamington and Nottingham Comic Con as well, where I've got to say that the, the the driver behind it does seem to be about encouraging you know families to come in and to enjoy the day, yes, and hopefully find some stuff that they're going to like, and you never know, one of those kids may decide that this is for them and want to create themselves or even some adults there I say and and both of your events particularly H and I were talking about this when I was prepping for this show about we were amazed at the diversity of people that came into both your shows you know you, you had people who knew comics inside out and you had families that were just wandering around and you could tell they'd never been in an event like that before and having a really good time. And I think that that's a credit to both of you in the way that you you make those shows accessible to people. You know, because you're right, it can be elitist and Yeah. And, right and I think people.
1: True Believers is the same vibe as what we have. It's the same yeah. it's the same sort of thing. I I've been to a couple now of True mm-hmm. Believers. And I also think for, for me personally, it's not a pissing contest. It's yeah. not about me doing this and thinking I'm better than everybody else. I don't give a crap if everyone else if all the no one else bothers about it it's about what i can give back to people you know i'm I'm 43 i'm in a position now where i can i can do little things for people i can get people excited about comics i can get people into stuff and if i can do that and they walk away and they pick up a comic book and they get immersed in the world and they feel better about certain stuff then i should do that
0: yeah
1: it's it's not it's not about anything else it's about what what it's about comics it's about the creators and that's why in in my con as well um when when you walk in you guys are at the front Mm. you know when you walk in everybody's got to walk through you to get anywhere else to get to the toilets to get to everyone they've got to walk through you straight away so you're at the forefront and that was always what i was saying it's not going to be about it's not going to be about me all the press and stuff we did were about the guests we've got there and the kind of the kind of things we're going to do and I've got no ego with it. You know, if it doesn't happen again, it doesn't happen again. I've done what I've kind of set out to do. Mm. Um, and there's no kind of, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm the best in the world because I've done this. I'm the best. It's not people do it their way. and, And some of them do it better. Some of them, quite a few of them do it worse. But with this, with me making it free, there have been some pretenders and people have tried copying it. And I don't know how they do it, but they do a free con wrong, which I don't quite grasp. I don't know how you can do a free we'll, con we'll, wrong.
0: We'll come on to that, I think, a little bit later on, won't we? Yeah, yeah. but it's... where it can go wrong. So it is interesting. Yeah. And, it? and I
1: said, true believers. I, I, like, I, I, I kind of went and I've spoken to... to it is it's a very similar, very similar yeah. stuff. We support small press. Don't mind me talking about your con, do you know? I do no, it's talk fine. About it. Good, I'll build your ego. We'll get you on, on in a minute, minute Stuart. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I went there as kind of research as well um when i met a few friends on the book kind of looked at kind of this is this is the kind of vibe this is the kind of stuff i want i want people sure. to come and enjoy this. i want families to come i want if people want to dress up great if they don't it's fine but yeah. it, it's about accessibility
0: for me i'll show up now there you go Stu. no i was just going to say because you know you, you're actually i wouldn't say you you're at different ends of the spectrum you know but yours is is, is a larger convention dennis you know yes. it's it's, it's Probably one of the biggest, certainly one of the biggest around locally where I am, excluding the kind of MCM mega shows and things like that. Someone's told me
1: that um, a few, after uh, last one, were the biggest independent comic based con in the country.
0: Yeah,
1: like you've got, could, obviously you got Wales and stuff, like that, but they're more kind of um, actors and stuff, but purely but not comics. Really comic
0: cons. Are they? No, you know, the comic no. con by name, but again, we'll yeah, come yeah. on to this when we get to the ranting section of the show. But it was <laughs> but, it was but,
1: never it was never made to be that big. Yeah. It was never made, but when when you've got people saying I want to come, you can't say no to them.
0: And you get the footfall to support it. As yeah, well, that's yeah,
1: you can't say no yeah. to people when you, when you have those people coming and people asking about it and stuff. You can't say no to it. So it's never going to get bigger than it is now. That's 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 it. It's not. I don't yeah. want it any bigger. I've been asked to do other things and stuff. I've been asked to do one in Manchester, mm-hmm. um, similar sort of thing. But I I just can't be. It's it's a lot of hassle, Stuart. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you live it for an entire year and then for me personally when it when you have the come down afterwards it's like a week mm. of like and i you know i have a bit of a nervous bell i have the craps for two days leading up to it mm. as well so it's and it, you do you live you live it completely and when it goes well it's great and then you know you look at the reviews and people are saying you get one person will slag you off you're like bastard you forget all the good stuff and you fix mm. it on the one person who said oh i didn't enjoy that because the queue was a bit long um but no it, the, the come down from i find the come down the hardest um, I enjoy the con and I don't eat or drink pretty much all through the day I get shouted at because I'm busy, mm-hmm. flat out. Yeah. And then when it finishes, it's about a week before I start feeling human again.
0: Yeah. So let's let's talk about True Believers then, because you've mentioned it a couple of times there, Dennis, and, and we went to our first True Believers this year, beginning of this year. In fact, it looks like it may be our only comic convention <laughs> of the year. So glad that you uh you allowed us to attend. Uh, and have a table, Stuart. Well,
2: after like the 70th begging
0: email. Well, I know, I know. But, you know, you've, you've got to try and get by. <laughs> but, um, you know, and that was, that, that again was, you know, is we've been quite lucky, H&I, that, you know, we're, we're quite choosy as to what we'll apply to attend. We've made some errors, you know, where we've, we've thought it was something it wasn't. Um, but True Believers was another one of those conventions, much like old, and that was just a, a thoroughly thoroughly enjoyable day and I've got to say I think for square footage and talent I don't think I've ever been to a show that had such a concentration of like pure creative talent of of small press artists like I I genuinely can't recall one that I can think you know was a similar size that had so many bloody good people selling so much good stuff and you know, you weren't overloaded with with celebrities. You know, you had Dan Cornwell and, and Dylan T, people like that, who, again, are lovely people, but very genuine. And, again, a link to Oldham. You know, I sat behind Dan when we were at Oldham last year, um, Dennis, you know, and that's how I got to know him. But, yeah, so, so Stuart, I mean, what's your, you know, what drives you to, to put on the show that you put on?
3: Uh,
2: it's just a genuine
0: passion for comics. I've always loved
2: comics since what 93 so not always but you know since I like properly fell into comics I've loved comics and even when I was like trying to be cool and hiding the fact I love comics I still loved comics kind of thing um, but um, yeah uh, Andy and I did a we got involved in doing a short film festival here and it was it was all right but we just weren't enjoying it and just we sort of looked at each other halfway through part of the day and we were like, "We well, should we just done a Comic-Con? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, we should have done a Comic-Con. And then we met a, like, the night before we did the film festival, a burlesque yeah. dancer emailed and said that she does, like, this Tron routine, would in be, would be interested in that at the um, film festival. And we were like, yeah, fuck it, why not? It's just something else mm-hmm. we can add on. And then we were talking to her and she was on about wanting to do a Comic-Con, so it sort of spawned from there, so much like dennis did the research um mm-hmm. sort of looked at what there was when we were setting it up there didn't seem to be that many comic focused cons so i really wanted to be part of making that the main focus um doing the film festival i met john Locke, and he was telling me about the, how much the small press scene had grown since i'd last been to a con because i would not been to a All con right. since 2005 so i wasn't aware that this whole small press thing had sort of taken off yeah and since we've done troops it's taken off even bigger
0: yeah but
2: um it's been a huge growth I've never known anything like it um but yeah so sort of talking to him and he was like well I can put you in touch with people if you did want to do that so with his help and the help of Ben who runs the local comic shop we sort of set up a groundwork I went to the council both in Gloucester and in Cheltenham um, and sort of touched base with them but they just weren't interested in it because I thought with Cheltenham, because originally we were Comic-Con and it was Ben at Proud Lion was like, well, if you're doing it in Cheltenham, call it a festival because it will fall in with then the Literature Festival and all the other festivals. And, right. and I was like, yeah. that's fucking genius. Plus, the term comic Con's kind of been sullied, It doesn't mean comics anymore. Yeah. And um, it should, but it doesn't, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but And even calling it a comic festival, you still get people going, so what celebrities you got coming? <laughs> well, if you're into comics, we've got these names.
0: Yeah, like, yeah.
2: What telly programs have they been in? It's like, fuck off. <laughs> um, and we discussed having telly people there, and we set up the Dean King rule that you could... We'd only have celebrities if they had a connection to comics. Either they played a comic character on the thing, but we knew we'd never get them, because they're just fucking expensive. So, but we did discuss it, because, you know, is there a reason there aren't comic-focused cons anymore kind of thing? And, um, yeah, so... We sort of set up the Kickstarter, made a misstep because somebody told me that March was dead so we picked a date in March and then launched the Kickstarter and then all these major events seemed to certainly be happening in March so I was like fuck we had bad info on that so I had to part way through the Kickstarter say we were changing the date which apart from one person everybody took that really well. Um, yeah, we got a venue at the race course. Unfortunately, despite my best efforts, couldn't get any form of funding. So it was all funded through the Kickstarter and ticket and table sales, which, because like Dennis, I'd love to put on a free event and yeah. make it that way, but I can't. So mm. I made it my priority that if I was selling tickets, I wanted to give people the maximum value for money they can possibly mm. get. So it wasn't just a give me a tenner, go in there and buy more shit. Mm. It was give me a tenner and we will put on talks, we will do everything we can to make sure that you don't get overcharged for autographs, that sort of thing, which most comic folks to be fair are more than happy to sign a reasonable amount of stuff for free in my experience. Um, Yeah. So we did the talks, workshops, the cosplay stuff. We wanted to make that inclusive, but we were also aware that it's a sticking point for some people. So we found a way to keep it separate, but also still part of the event. Yeah. Um, And yeah, just, through a learning curve over we did four years at Cheltenham Racecourse and then they kicked us out so we which for other reasons worked out better for us we downgraded in venue size to Mm. so we basically cut the event size in half and moved down to jurors which I was dubious about and again some people didn't come over with us because they didn't like it makes it a different event but for me it's got that feel of an old school comic-con in jurors yeah. Back when they used to be in the basement of a hotel. Yeah, kind of thing. yeah, yeah. And I quite like that feel. And two years doing it in juries. Next year, obviously, would have been our third. But we postponed because of everything that's been going on.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, or not postponed. We hadn't officially announced it. So sort of yeah, just said we were taking a year off. And um, yeah, it's you're sort of starting again. So it's another learning curve. So from year one to year two to the following year. We'll be learning it all again. Um, it's a constant learning curve. Anyway, I don't know mm. about you, Dennis, but I find that
3: yeah,
2: the thing you nailed the previous year, you'll fix that, but then it me- has a knock-on effect to the thing you thought you'd nailed the previous year. So, it's,
3: so.
2: it's constantly a moving thing. But the, my main priority is making sure that I get people in as quickly as possible with a minimum of fuss and that I ensure that people are having a good day. Um, I mean... Like I say, we, I try to keep the tickets and tables as low as I possibly can. When we were at the race course, we were, if you're interested in the money side of things, we were a 15 grand event, right? which every year, whatever we made the previous year, was put into the following year. So
3: yeah.
2: Yeah. I put that into guests and keeping the table costs at the same rate as yeah. they were. Um, as tickets sort of dropped off. From year to year, uh, it got a bit more of a struggle. So, any shortfall I make up out of my own pocket, because, like I say, we're not got any form of funding.
3: Mm. And
2: then, since we moved to jurors, we're about half that. So, we're about a five to seven grand event, depending on the guests. So, it's like I say, recuperating that. And then there's just the boring bank charges, storage fees, that sort of thing that run throughout the year. But, like I say, I do it because I love it. And I've got an acceptable amount that I'm willing to put in myself. That I would be like, well, I just I'd happily spend that on a good weekend at a con anyway,
0: mm.
2: so I can justify it that way. I'm sort of at a con, that...
0: Still a lot of money to, to, to fund, though, isn't it? I mean, for both of you guys, you know. I mean, I know everybody thinks that a bit like. Oh yeah, then coming... actually,
2: if you could get a venue that's like five hundred quid, more power to you. You're onto something there. And I genuinely, th- if I could get a venue that was five hundred quid, that is the first thing that I would then pass on to tables tickets. I say if you can cover your venue with your table sales then your ticket sales you should it's like it's a weird thing around this gloucestershire area is that anything free people are sort of skeptical of so because we've done a couple of free events in the past mm. and it's just kind of like oh, it's free it must be shit why are you giving it away
3: yeah, that yeah. And
2: it's that weird mentality around here um i've spoken to dennis about it before because yeah. i really admire what dennis does with i've never been able to make it to oldham because of having a job where i work weekends
3: yeah
2: it's always sort of fallen at the wrong time but i really admire what dennis does with oldham and i love seeing the pictures and reading the comments and everything after his events have done because i love living through other people's events like and i genuinely root for other events to succeed i know we should you know in people's minds we should be like no he's your enemy and it's like he's fucking not he's any other con that's doing it well is broadening in the audience for everybody
0: i couldn't agree more but isn't isn't there a danger of the slippery slope here where if one con fails, another one will fail. And before you know it, everybody's failing as a collective. It will have a
2: knock-on effect. Yeah. Recently, it's not so much the comic-focused ones. You had a lot of events that promised big-name TV celebrity guests Yeah. that then either pulled them at the last minute or hadn't booked their venue. And they all seem to happen around here. So I think one of the cons <laughs> in Bristol, uh, right up to the week before, hadn't actually booked their venue, claimed they had, and then got claimed they got booted out. Mm. but a couple of people rang the venue like no they never actually paid so obviously didn't get it the kind of thing so Mm. um and that has a knock-on effect because people are then instantly skeptical of why should i that's why i don't do those pressure things of oh if you really love our con you'll buy your tickets now yeah if you want to buy your tickets on the door that's awesome they cost slightly more on the door but that's just the way it is but i fully understand that there's been so many things that have been like taking your money and then run that why should you be expected to pay in advance? Mm. I mean, I'm dubious to paying in advance for anything. Even if it's like, you know, Springsteen tickets. It's like, yeah, I'll buy them. But shit, what if he cancels? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not Springsteen. It'll be the ticket sellers I'd have to deal with. But, you know, <laughs> and there's always that thing in the back of your mind when you, buy, especially when people are asking you to buy tickets six months in advance. It's that tricky thing. And um, mm. So, yeah, I've got no time for the pressure sales, the pictures of Batman slapping Robin, telling you you're not a... You know, you've got Robin doing the can I buy tickets on the door and it's Batman slapping him going support the small press cons kind of thing, or Mm. support local cons, buy your tickets in advance. It's like, no. It's like, money's tight for people. Mm. I'm just grateful people show up.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And, you know, touch
2: wood, everybody seems to have a good time and like what we do.
0: Yeah.
2: And that's the main thing. There's very few cons that are focused on that all inclusive audience of all ages. It's why the only thing we're ever strict on is the type of art people put up behind their tables. Yeah. Cause um, the last year at the race course, Kev from Nottingham was there and he's like, have you seen what they've got up over there? I was like, like, it's a guy with his knob out. I was like, yeah, shit, I'm going to have to go over and have a word now. Aren't I? <laughs> and they sort of looked at me like I was dicks, but I was like, we do have in our terms, yeah. that, you know, it's got to be suitable for a family audience. I'm pretty yeah. laid back about most things. Fan art and inappropriate art are the two. Because you go to some cons and you've got all these fan art, like, you know, Mario with his arse out or something. It's like,
0: what? Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, yeah.
2: kids seem to love it,
0: but... <laughs> but there has to be um, a level of responsibility of, of the people tabling as well, though. You yeah. know, I mean, you know, we have we have a range of stuff. So we have horror books that, you know, we, we won't allow little kids to thumb through and stuff. They're not, they're not particularly obscene in any way but they're not for kids you know and we have other books and we're very conscious about making sure that we don't display things that that somebody may be offended by and i know offense is taken but you know you've got to be responsible there's nobody saying you can't produce horror books or you know these people who do these these tits and arse kind of comics you know yeah if that's your thing great but just have a bit of respect for for the other people that are coming in as families and stuff well,
2: it with regard to kids even with both tales from beyond infinity which are largely all ages but i'm aware that there's some things that some parents might not want their kids to read so i'm always yeah. saying you might just want to flick through that before you decide whether you want to buy it for them it's like there's nothing massively offensive in it but i understand that different parents have got different thresholds kind of thing yeah
0: yeah
2: and most are like yeah you watched hellraiser last night you'll be fine
0: and <laughs> um, um, <laughs> one of the things that, that i did you know and again just to say that that me with both your events I, and actually um nottingham and leamington like i said before because those four really stick in my mind
2: yeah the, i was gonna say diver- those are probably the four that, that yeah are the inclusive that was, there's probably that others was, that as well that aren't on my radar but yeah
0: <laughs> i've never seen a more inclusive group than you know it was amazing to watch the people because obviously when you sat behind a table and you're watching lots of people go past <laughs> you know as you often do when you're a, a comic artist at um, at an event yeah. you know it's it's um, you get a lot of times of people watch but it's it's brilliant to watch the whole range of people coming in and going out and th- those events particularly you know they, they they just have that really broad appeal and i think that's a Ooh. credit to to the way that you guys market it and and the way that you guys also you know control it and and run it i think you should take a lot of credit for that it's really oh, good oh so, shucks no, it's true, it's true. It's crap, I tell you. Um,
3: anyway. It's <laughs> not nice, so. is it? Word, well, what I say I've before? Words
0: too. hurt. So <laughs> we've to, to touched on that then. So, you know, if you had to distill in your opinion what you think a, a great convention experience is, and this can be... From your view of of putting the convention on, although I can imagine it's very difficult to see it that way, because if you're anything like me, all you do is you just worry all the time about is everybody having a good time? Are the guests okay, Blah, blah, blah. But maybe more from a, you know, from an attendee's perspective, meaning your in your opinion. And we'll start with you, Stuart. You know, what what makes a great convention experience, do you think?
2: Um, I think... The main thing is obviously it depends what you're going to convention for, but if we're talking purely comic conventions, fucking comics, <laughs> that should be your main thing. And it's tricky; it's trickier than people realise to get back issue sellers. But you should do your utmost to get a great selection of back issue sellers, and a really good focus on small press. If you can get both of those, great. If not, certainly things weighed heavier in favour of one or the other. For variety, you should have. The merch sellers, the people who are selling Funkos, that sort of thing, because there are people who genuinely like that, and you know, so you, and it adds a bit of variety to the event. So I think they have a place in Comic Cons as well. Um, but yeah, so I think you want a good mix of tables that will appeal to, like I say, you want to appeal to the comic fans that have gone and the poor fuckers they dragged with them who aren't necessarily into it, yeah. but might see something and be like, oh, that statue's really nice, or, or well, that piece of art's really nice kind of thing yeah. um like i say you want it to be inclusive you want to know what the fuck you're doing um we'll come on to it more in the things that annoy you but obviously you can't plan for everything but have a at least a loose backup plan for what you're going to do if that thing goes wrong and make sure your team know what to do if it's going wrong i mean we don't have yeah. a massive team i think we have about five to ten people that are on our team
3: mm. of
2: agents um possibly more because between my two kids, my wife, my mum, um, I roped family in as well. They all know sort of what to do or who to go to if there is a problem
0: that yeah. needs
2: to be deal- dealt with ASAP. It's so like the first year we opened the doors and there was hardly anybody out there because we'd done split sp- start times. I think it was a stupid fucking idea. But then the following year we were like, well, hardly anybody turned up to begin with. So we can put a lot more focus on this bit and then bring them out to the front. Yeah. And then when we went to open the doors, there was a shitload of people and it was pissing it down outside. So it was just a case of, and you know, a few people were pissed off that that had happened, but we dealt with it as quickly and as best as we could. Mm. Just getting people, going through the queue, if you've got your ticket, show me, here's your lanyard, go kind of thing, rather than making them go through the whole rigmarole of queuing up. So it was just blitzing people through as fast as we possibly could and that sort of thing. But like I say, it's dealing with those sort of
0: problems. You know, for me, one of the things it's it's about a well-organised event for me. Feeling that things are signed, you can find things, you can yeah. you know, you know where everything is, you can find your way around. You can tell when an event is thrown together. Yeah. And sometimes when events are too big as well. I've been I've been to some of those where it's just chaos. It's yeah. fucking chaos. You can you know, nobody knows where anything is. You even ask the people who've got you know staff or whatever written on the name they they don't know where anything is and you just like christ if you you don't know and then you start to think what if something went horribly wrong here (laughs) because nobody seems to know and it's you know and you start to get quite anxious then and it just makes people feel more welcome if you're on
2: top of it or if you're quick to deal with a problem people appreciate that more and they recognize it so they'll be like well you fucked that up but you dealt with it quickly yeah um The other main thing is, if you say this is the time you're opening the doors, no matter what, you open the doors at that time, unless you're like it's on fire in the building, you've got a way out here. But at least I've come out to tell you that. Nothing pisses people off more than being there for half ten when the doors should open and nothing happens and nobody comes out and tells them what's going on. When we're at the race course we have more space, so we'd let we'd allocate a certain number of tables to certain things,
0: right?
2: And we wouldn't curate it. And one of the things of downgrading was we had to start curating tables, which. You feel like a bit of a dick at times, but it does pay off in the mm. long run. I think mm. um, for getting a better selection. Most people understand when they don't get a table what the reason is. Um, some people ask for a bit of feedback, which I'm always happy to give. Yes, you can generally tell by the tone of their email whether how they're going to take the feedback, kind of thing. <laughs> and um, depending on how they take that feedback will mark how high up they go on the wait list kind of thing this is
0: this is it isn't it you know if you're
2: a dick in your email you're going to go right to the bottom of the wait list yeah and the more you keep emailing going has anything come up yet it's like no if you'll know when it has because i will let you know kind of
0: thing um but yeah i mean this this happened with us didn't it because i missed the the initial cutoff to submit you know so we didn't get in because like a dick, I forgot to actually put the application in. <laughs> and, and you know, and then you, you said very kindly, you know, we'll keep you on the we'll keep you on the reserve list. And I must admit, you know, I I kind of thought, well, fair enough, that's all you can hope for, isn't it? I mean, I wasn't sure whether you'd ever come back to us or not. You know, you could have just had an auto flag going, yeah, we'll put you on the wait list. But you actually did, and I remember us being so excited when you came back. Um, to say that you know a, a table had come up and would be interested, I think we replied almost straight away. I can remember yeah, we were
2: driving home. I'm used and, to being like, I'll fire that off and see if they're interested, yeah. and then we can go on holiday for two weeks. And they still want to reply and you were pretty much straight away like, yes, I yeah, like, but I
0: wasn't no, we that. <laughs> absolutely thrilled to bits to get the opportunity. And and you know, and that that's the one thing I'd say to people if they listen to this and they they do put in for conventions and they, they do get turned down because you know to be fair, we we, we get turned down quite a lot. And what you do is you just accept that you've no divine right to be in any um, convention or any event, you know, and, and you hope if it's a curated event that that you've got something that will appeal to the people organising it, but acting like a bit of a dick over it isn't going to play well, and it's certainly not going to help you in the future, like you saying and quite That's rightly it, so. Even you
3: know? if
2: you don't get into that event eventually, you're on the radar for the following exactly. year. Because we yeah. have a wait list that carries over to future events as well, because i probably put it in the email to you i can add you to the waitlist for this year and i can put yeah. you on the mailing list for future years
3: yeah. yeah kind
2: of thing but yeah that's important i think a great comic-con inspires people to want to create through the people they have their table in and i mean again you can't know what the people table are going to be like you can only go based on their work and how they present themselves online kind of thing
0: yeah sorry but, about that
2: but no, cause I had a word
0: with H. She won't do it again.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, I know. I was going to say you're fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, so people who are yeah. willing to engage with people when they talk to them at their tables. Yep. And I mean, I hate engaging with people, but you kind of have to force yourself to do it kind of thing. And it's not that I hate engaging with people. It's just that I feel awkward as soon as anybody's like, Oh, these are really good. I'm like, mm, shut up.
3: Mm.
2: And, um, cause I'm always very self deprecating, even about the con, which isn't a great thing when you're trying to sell a con. Um, but yeah, so you want people that are going to inspire creativity. You want to put things on that are going to inspire creativity. Either workshops, free dropping things for kids are great. Yep. Yep. And not just your standard covering in sheets, things that, you know, create your own superhero. Um, but yeah, you just want that little bit more that sort of inspires them and gets them thinking about it. So there's nothing more exciting than getting an email afterwards of like, you know, this is the superhero that little Billy created on the day. Mm-hmm. And he's come home and he's drawn these several panels of a comic so you want that and like i say you just want to be inclusive you don't want to be like you know fuck them they're only into the cosplay you don't want to be like fuck them they're only into the anime it should be a celebration of fandom
0: yes yeah
2: and i know i say that you know we don't have the celebrity thing because we're not into that but if that's what people are into and they go to cons those sort of cons and they get really excited about and then you need to do that at that con so if i was doing an actor con you want to make sure that you're focused on that fandom
3: because
2: yeah. the people who have the tables are really important, but the fandom, no offense, is so much more important because they are going to be your audience that builds. Yeah. You see, I mean, like I said, I'm not, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. your table people are important as well, but at the end of the day, same with them, it's the people that you, they're trying to sell to you've yeah. got to look after because they've instantly come in with a chip on their shoulder because they had a bad experience with something that's going to knock on into the people they talk to at tables, potentially. Yeah. yeah. So you kind of have to do that. So that's sort of my thing for a great con. And I, like I said, I've not been to that many cons, but well, you know, if I've really liked a con, cause I've been more than once, mm. yeah. either tabling or as a ticket person.
0: And what, what about you, Dan? I mean, I don't really have much more to
1: add to what Stuart's saying, to be honest. It's, it's yeah. kind of the same. I, I do go to a lot of cons last year. I think I missed two weekends without going to a con. Wow. Um and that was all over the place, all uh, oh, you know, all over the world. Um mm. so I, I, a lot of it for me is cuz I am a fan. Um and uh, I kind of everything what Stuart said, I completely agree with but I think one of one of one of my things is is you want the organizers on the floor yeah. as well. You don't want them hiding behind a table somewhere and things and if things go tits up deal with it. You know and when I'm, and, and no one's bigger than the show. I don't care who they are. no one's bigger than what what's going on at the time I actually kicked a guest out of my second con I actually right. told him I told him to get out um, and then he wouldn't and then I uh, should we say I got him out a little bit maybe manhandled him because he was making a scene of himself and making people feel uncomfortable. No right. one's bigger no one's bigger than, than what's going on at that moment. so if this person thought he was clearly wasn't got him out sorted the people out who saw it and they, they were a lot happier but no one's bigger than that no one's bigger than what you're trying to do and if one person disrupts that then you got to deal with it yeah because yeah. the consequences consequences are going far far wider than that 10 minutes of that person and um yeah so i and a variety same variety and getting different types of people and again going going back to kind of my ethos that we, we we again because of the funding we give free tables to, to local people, local artists and stuff. If, if you live within within Greater Manchester, you're going to get a free table. Mm. Um, for the same sort of reason, you want people to be inspired. And they come there and, and see like Damien and, and Matt and a few other people throughout work and stuff and say, you did that? Yeah. And this is what you can do. And it's like, oh, I didn't know people around here did this sort of stuff. Mm. We literally had first year at, o- at Oldham a guy who, who's now become a really good friend. He lives, he, he lives like 20 minutes from where I live. And he's an amazing artist and, you know, gave him the opportunity to kind of meet other artists and meet other people. And that inspired him and stuff. And to me, that's what it's about as well. You know, get, getting people together, just like-minded people to so have a good time. And no matter what you're, and I agree with, 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 no matter what you're into, it might not be my bag. I can't stand Funko Pops, but other people do. Yeah. So so you have a Funko pop seller there. Um, but, you know, my my thing is 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 comics. If yeah. it's a Comic Con, have fucking comics there. It's not difficult. That's
2: you know, you're, If you're a Comic Con, you should at least have 70% comics.
1: Yeah, the the floor yeah. should
2: be at should least. be that.
1: Yeah. And and that was the main thing, the driving force behind me. And it's similar. There's not many out there. There's not many out there that do, does this sort of stuff. And also, I've, you know, I have knowledgeable people. Make sure that all your staff and all your people are helping you know, Like, oh, my, again, most of my family members. So they don't listen to me anyway. Mm. Um, but they know what's going on. They know where people are. They know if things go, go up per shaped They know how to deal with it. Um, you know, simple things like somebody needed some tape last year. Go and get some tape. Yeah. yeah. Somebody, somebody wanted to know and signs, simple signs.
3: Yeah. guess
1: this way. Exit this way. You know, it's not yeah. it's not a difficult thing. You want people to walk into your your event, and they might not be interested in anybody else apart from this one person. And you got to make it easy for them to find that one person. It's not a difficult thing. You don't want them traipsing all the way around, getting fed up, getting wound up because they can't find that one person. Yeah. It's and and to me it's not a simple, it's not a hard thing. Workshops here. Yeah. You know, a big signs in. This is where we're doing the workshops, you know, yeah. kiddie area here. Yeah. You know, quiet reading area here.
2: You know. So we always joke you can never have too much signage. If you no. can have signs pointing to the signs pointing to the signs for where you need to be. <laughs> we literally <laughs> did last year. It.
1: Yeah, we literally had last year we had we had a bunch of signs pointing the same pretty much the same way for the for the because we had to put the the workshop area slightly out of the way um because we couldn't get into the one we, we'd planned it, to to prefer it worked out really well to be yeah. honest it worked out better because it was in a soundproof room so they couldn't hear us and we couldn't hear them so it worked out better mm. um but we literally had about, about 10 signs all pointed this one place
2: mm. guess
1: what nobody asked where it was
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that was the problem we had at the race course because it was so spread out so you need the extra signs because you it's all right having that one sign saying workshops this way, but then you need a couple just slightly further along to reassure people that they yeah. are going the right yeah. way. Yeah. Cause everybody gets that self doubt of like, am I still going the right way? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'll freely admit that in the first one, we dropped the ball on signage. We massively upped it on the second one and it still wasn't enough. Sort of the ironic thing is that we just nailed the race course before they booted us out kind of thing. And I keep saying they booted us out. They didn't boot us out because of anything we did, they got a better offer from world of snooker. So they just sort of threw us under the bus in favor of the bigger money kind of right. thing. Um, which there's a whole thing on the website. You can read about it.
0: <laughs> you can't compete with the, the green Bay's, Can you mate? Let's be honest?
2: <laughs> no. So, yeah. but yeah. And they made it very clear that even if we moved weekend, if anything bigger ever came along, they'd just boot us. And it was always important to me that we had right. the same date every year because there's nothing worse than sitting there going, I wonder what date true believers will be on next year. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, if no, we're yeah, yeah. if people know that we're always the first Saturday of February, they can plan ahead because like my job, I have to book my holidays a year in advance.
3: Kind right.
2: of thing. Yeah. It seems to be a growing thing with a, quite a few employers, certainly that have got like or in a job like I am where holiday cover needs to be planned to the T kind of thing. So they give themselves as much runtime as possible. So you need to book because it was always the thing with Thought Bubble is because they always moved. You'd have to guess. And then hope you could rearrange your holiday afterwards, which is why I, till this year I'd always missed Thought Bubble.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, and then ironically this year. <laughs> you got in, didn't you? <laughs> I did get in. And then I managed to rejig my holiday at work because I got it out. I missed by a week. But I managed to fix it all round. So I got everything lined up. and But, you know, there's bigger problems going on.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. Um, and no con wants to cancel or rearrange or no con worth their salt wants to anyway.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: And also be honest. Yeah. I think 100%. there's nothing, there's nothing worse than promising something that you cannot deliver. Yeah. Right. And just, and I've always said about all the it is no frills. It is back to the eighties. Yeah. It is very much, you know, smelly comics, you know, nice, nice geekiness.
3: Mm. And that's
1: what I want. I, I, and I'm not—I've never said we're going to get this this person and, and kind of not delivered on it. Um, but just just be honest about stuff. And I don't—I don't. I've said this, but don't put money where I don't have to. Money, my main money goes on signage. <laughs> it goes on looking after the guests. Mm. Um, and luckily, you know, again, going back, the venue's given to us, so we get a free venue, so that that cuts down the, yeah. the stuff. So, but just making it making it as friendly as you can. And it's it's not a difficult thing to do, but a lot of people get completely wrong. But at
2: the well, end well, of well, the well, day, well. as an organiser, you cannot do that event without the people behind the tables and the people yes. buying tickets. Or, yeah, You know, coming in Other... on the day kind of thing.
0: Otherwise, so it's to of... you in a big room,
2: isn't it? That's it. That's why I always <laughs> try and make sure that I get round as many of the tables as I can. And Even people... the ones that I'm like, they look like they're going to yeah. kick off at me, but I've got to go speak to them because I can't just fucking run off and hide every time no, and like i say you don't always make it to every table that's why i would put a card on everybody's table just thanking them for coming yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like my wife's like why are you sitting up so late just writing all those cards and it's like because it's important of course it is. it's like yeah. cause i might yeah. not get a chance to say hello on the day kind of thing so at least there's something so that
1: i i, I, oh, think I appreciate looking, them, kind looking, of thing looking after the guests looking after the small press guys and saying thank you and we do that bit extra by feeding them because yeah. of, you know we 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 have a budget for food which covers a lot of food mm. so we're able to do that we, we have a deal with a local um you do a local company that does buffets and things they can they sponsor so we get we get cheaper anyway but the first the first year we gave small um small press water and food it was like you're feeding us I went, yeah <laughs> like what really i said yeah yeah because then they go away and tell the people and then they tell the people and the good thing about small presses, because they, they appear somewhere, they want people to come and see their work. They completely hammer it. So spending yeah. spending a little bit of money just to just to give them a sandwich and a sausage roll and a, and a, and a bottle of water through the day is worth hundreds of pounds in advertisement for me. So yeah. I don't I don't tend to advertise loads because I don't have to mm. because these guys, Damien and all the, they do it for me, and you know we look after them, and they want to come back more. Like I, yeah. I wasn't gonna do, I wasn't gonna do another come. I'd I'd, I'd finished. I'd, but there were so many people saying, "Well, it's in my diary now. I've, I've, I've got to come." It's like oh, right, okay then, if you insist. But it was it was very much of, I've created something now, and it, it kind of got bigger than what it was supposed to. But it's simple, simple. Do the simple things well, the rest of it will take care of itself.
2: That so, was it. I had a five year plan. It was going to be once the five years was done, we'd know where we stood, and I could take a year off at least, and then we could come back. For year six but so many people loved it and looked forward to it mm. as the start of the convention year it's like i can't just yeah, it's nice much as, as, as i love to take a nice. break
0: you feel it's like, nice you to know, be wanted as well though isn't it you know it's that um, like, it tells yeah, you doing something right if nobody gives you shit if your con is on or not tells you something
3: I
2: yeah said, you people know. sort of come to rely on it either as sort of like you know that kickstart to the year that gets their morale yeah. up not to sound like i'm blowing smoke up my own ass mm-hmm. kind of thing um some people rely on it because it's that first post-christmas bit of income they get coming in yeah even if they don't take a lot it's enough to sort of get them um, carry them over to the next one kind of thing yeah um so yeah there's more people sort of relying on it than just me as the organizer but like then if i ever get to the point where i'm like this just isn't fun anymore or it's not what mm-hmm. it used to be when we started it then I've got no qualms about just walking away.
1: Mm. Yeah, I'm the same.
2: Because I, I, you can do well. it. If you're not enjoying it, there's no, no. point doing it. And If I'm not 100% charging. committed to it.
1: Yeah, and if I, if I have to start charging for things, I'll walk away as well. Yeah. Because what makes us unique is that it's, it's free and yeah. we, we can offer so much in the minute. I, the minute we do that, then it's not what I want. It's not what I want to do, and it's not what I, I've, I've, you know, I, mm. I have very, I, I have few very strict rules in my life. I, I wing pretty much everything, but it, this is the the minute I have to charge for anything. That's it. I stop doing it.
0: Yeah, I know we've had this conversation before, haven't we? Yeah. Where you you talked about this. So um, he's not just saying it for the sake of it. You know, he genuinely <laughs> does believe it. So you've talked a couple of times then about how it's not difficult. Don't get me wrong, not difficult in the sense of about maybe getting comics people to a con. Putting the actual con in itself is a completely different thing. Yes. And that is difficult. yeah. Um,
2: but I think that's where a lot of people fall apart is that yes. they look at it and they think, well, that looks like a piece of piss to do and it and some quick money, so we'll just <laughs> chuck just, this one yeah, together. It's just a
0: day, though, isn't it? It's, it's just a day. How, how hard how can with,
2: that
0: be? It's the same with artwork. It's the same with creating a comic, you know, and, and creating artwork. And, you know, we, we know people that have suddenly shown an interest and gone, oh, I'll have, I'll have a crack at that. And, they, you know, and you think, well, I hope you do really well, but you've got to be committed to doing it because that's it's it. bloody hard, it. hard work. there's
2: nothing worse than somebody doing it half-heartedly to make a quick bit of money because that does have a knock-on damaging effect for all of us yeah kind of thing but you've just got to have the passion for it you've got the passion for it and you've got to have that working thing it should feel like the small press community feels like a family and true believers feels like a family we get the regulars every year on both sides of the table um people who generally look forward to it, people who come up and talk to me outside of it at other events. And that's yeah. just such a nice family feeling. I mean, that's the great thing about small press is that 99.9% of it is massively inclusive and supportive of each other.
1: It's, it's, it's spot on. And I, I say that to people. Oldham Comic Con isn't a con. And the reason, and just to go back to a point earlier, the reason why we call it Oldham Comic Con, I want to bring the name back to cons. Yes. Comic Cons. Yeah. I, I could have called it anything I wanted and we had yeah. names, but I thought, no, it's a fucking comic con. It's for comics, yeah. and that's what I'm going to do. So it's like clawing those names up, but th- it, we do say it's a family. It, you know, people same as you, Stuart. We have people come back every year. We talk all the time when we go around to cons, and you know, someone put on the other day that the one thing they've they've missed this year is not seeing me and Sarah and, and Amy at every con.
0: Mm.
1: You know, because we do. We, you know, it is that. It's almost like
0: we are just one big family. And
1: to, to be fair, I think every
0: other. every con we attended. We'd bump into you at some point, wouldn't we? You know? i try not to. i to from you, but you're just there. You're like, well, know, like a fungus. Know, the
2: but... joke we used with ours when we moved from the race course with people that were a bit dubious about it was that, you know, mm-hmm. troops isn't a place, it's a people. We stole yes. that thing from Thor yeah. Ragnarok and
3: yeah. Yeah. It's true,
2: tweaked it kind of thing. But that's what it is. It's about the people. It's the people that make it. That's a truly great con. Yeah. You know a great con because everybody has a great time, even if they're not having a particularly strong sales day. Because let's yes. be honest, it happens for some people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you either just don't click with that crowd, or they spent all their money by the time they've got to your table, or you know, whatever. There's multiple different reasons for it. It's not a reflection on your work. It's just circumstances on the day. Yeah, kind of thing. You and won't no, feel guilty about it. Always. If I, do. I hear I that feel people didn't so make money. Bad. I feel yeah. fucking you, awful. You shouldn't, yeah. though. Because I always feel so bad. No, but you do. You naturally do. It's the same. I, I as if somebody's come and they're like, I didn't really have a very good time well, because this happened or this happened, it could be things that were completely out of your control. Like, but I didn't have a good
0: time because I fell getting off the bus. And then, and you just feel shit about it. Yeah. Even well, though it's, it's not your the, fault. There's but... someone on the other side of the table, though. So we never go to a convention thinking we're going to sell anything. No. We just don't. You know, we go because we want to have a good day out. And, and meet up with people, like you say, meet up with, with the family, as it were, you know, the, the mm. comic family and catch up with people, talk some shit with people and hopefully sell some books or some art, you know. But we never we never sort of go and say, well, I think if we can make this much today and we can. No, I mean, you know, if you can cover your petrol or cover your table
2: or your pocket. Just... well, yeah. <laughs> or even that that's, bag of crisps you
0: bought <laughs> Brilliant. But we've had conventions where we've sold nothing you know we had a couple last year which we'll talk about in a moment about what doesn't make a great yeah. convention experience um and we sold i think at one convention we sort we did 5 quid you know we had a thoroughly miserable day but we stayed there. we kept smiling we had a laugh and you almost get into that gallows humor bit of you know we were we were sort of saying to each other i reckon we're going to sell nothing today and and you know and, and i mean a bit of how low we could take
2: and you can tell your event's good, because even if people aren't making money, they yeah. stay till the end. The amount yeah. of cons that I've been to that are a bit shit, and you can tell people aren't making money, and they've just packed up about will, 11 o'clock and gone.
0: I will never leave a con early. Well, no, no,
2: I'm I of the opinion leave. that you've made the commitment to be yeah. there, regardless of whether it's being badly run or shitty circumstances. And You're committed to be there. And nothing else, you can talk to the person on the table
0: next to you and meet but somebody But again, it's, it's no reflection, though, on you as organizers unless it's really really bad you know unless <laughs> it whole is sometimes
2: setup we'll get on to that. <laughs> thing,
0: when we've had a couple of those then you know you you can feel aggrieved but a lot of the time you just should not go with any expectations of making any money and if in, in comics generally I mean we all know this you know if you think you're going to get into comics and become a millionaire then you know, I'll have what you're having because oh, there's, there's no happen.
2: money in comics,
0: you know, not like you're You're money from the, commissions, you know, cream it in and put your fancy yachts and everything, you know? yeah. But,
2: um, which no, reminds me, I, Dan, are we going to the Bahamas again next month or, yeah,
0: yeah, um, <laughs> yeah.
1: Your, your yacht or mine?
2: Uh, we'll take my yacht, but we'll use your island. That's thank you,
0: excellent. I like my island more, get your dinghy out, then. You know, everybody likes to <laughs> blow your dinghy anyway, on that bomb is that, euph- is that a euphemism? <coughs> anyway, so we've Hang talked on camera's about on. unfortunately <laughs> for, every, for every light there's a dark and, and for every great experience there's a not so great experience and you know we've all experienced um, shall we say the other side of the convention and without possibly getting ourselves in court for slander can I ask Not you? slander if it's true. As, <laughs> as, I was going to say exactly the same thing. <laughs> as, yeah. As organisers or as attendees, what annoys you about other conventions? Can I go first? <laughs> yeah. Do Do remember though that um, we've only got you know an hour or so for this question, okay. so uh, <laughs> time limit okay. yourself then.
1: <laughs> okay. My my main bugbears, right? And there's a few, but my my biggest one is. If you call yourself a comic event please for the love of God have somebody who's written or drawn a comic there please it's not difficult there are lots of them about have somebody selling a comic or two would be useful as well if you call yourself a comic con have comic people if you went to a car convention right and when you got there it was all bicycles but there was a guy in the corner with one magazine Selling about a car you'd feel a bit aggrieved so i don't understand why more people don't get pissed off about it because if you go to a, I go to a comic con because i'm into comics yeah i don't go to comic cons to go and see wrestlers <laughs> or b-list tv personalities or gladiators or i don't know third stormtrooper from the left Somebody you couldn't tell whether it was them or not because they got prosthetics on it. If I've got a funny story I could tell, it, but I'm not going to do. I am. A mate actually did a IBW thing as a stormtrooper, and he got booked for an event. Never been to anyone. Never been to a con. did Wasn't even a stormtrooper. Anyway, so that bugs me. Yeah. And, it, it, and yeah. local saturation of of the con scene because the call themselves comic cons. When when they're not, they're not comic cons. Yeah. And the the, the, the came a, a time in the northwest. Were the same three guests every weekend. You could go and see them. Just pop down the road and they were there. No matter which which condom they were just there all the time because they obviously use the same agents to get yeah. the same stuff. Now, don't get me wrong. If that is your bag, then fine. Yeah, I'm not gonna slag off people who who who, who do them or put them on, even yeah. though I should. I'm not gonna do because it's up to them. They have different motivations than I do,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and it, it's fine. But the bubble will burst. And when that bubble bursts, it will affect all of us. Mm.
3: It's,
2: it's already started to burst. Yeah, of course it has. I, mm. mean, I mean, these are things that used to be called Collector Mania, things like that. Yes. Before they started using the Comic-Con name because of San Diego.
3: Mm.
2: Kind of thing. And that's where it became... Well, it's like vacuum cleaner, isn't it? And Hoover. Mm. It just became that blanket thing for it. Um, I applied to a Comic-Con that um, when I must have been last year because I had Jason Isaacs and March the Robots, and the reply was pretty much, yeah, we don't really get bothered with many comic people at this event. It's like we're more focused on this. It's like, well, you've called yourself a Comic-Con. I mean, it was one of those shitty ones anyway. There seems to be a small group of people that just go from town to town setting up Comic-Cons where there isn't one, and it's like they've got the same three Doctors on their
0: yeah it's always yeah. the doctor who's isn't it yeah <laughs> so, it is,
2: it is, is. Yeah. fair play to those guys like say colin baker's lovely and he generally
0: seems to love yeah. being there other doctors can go fuck themselves but, but there uh, are some <laughs> great doctor who conventions Some yeah, you, and, you know you see them in i'd if i wanted to go and see some doctors because i love doctor Who. i'd rather go to a doctor who convention what's it if you're going to do that doctor who and get, you know, filmy boots that way. I, I, but Go I'll all com- in. Do a Doctor Who yeah, convention. Yeah. Do a Game of Thrones convention and make it a really big theme yeah.
2: Game of Thrones con, where you've got the fucking Iron Throne and you've done it in a fucking medieval castle or something. Make it and- something fucking special. Mm-hmm. So Drops. I've got a friend who does a Robin mm-hmm. of Sherwood event, and he goes full on Robin of Sherwood. But it is purely Robin of Sherwood, so yeah. it's sold as a Robin of Sherwood event, and the yeah. fans fucking love it.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you, and- you have you, you have Props. The selling the selling a guest based on a car, which is yellow, might be a Beetle, I don't know, with, with a Transformers logo on
2: it. As a guest. Yeah,
3: it's not hell. the best
2: one. There was
1: What are you gonna do?
2: There's a con that had as one of their featured guest things was just a stuffed orco from He-Man. It's like that's not even a screen prop. It's just orco from the cartoons. Life size and, then... and stuffed.
3: <laughs>
1: Charging you twenty quid for a picture to stand next to so a really poorly made um, Atat leg. <laughs> it's call it what it is. Call it a pop culture con. Call it a TV con. Call it. And there are there are companies who have who have done this. Who would do these, you know, um, um, Lucifer cons and the yeah. Arrow cons and stuff like yeah. that. And they are very popular. But don't I'm try to be them. them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but don't don't try to be them. And then get somebody off—I don't know—the Dracula program, Young Dracula on TV, which aired for like thirty seconds, yeah—and then charge you fifteen quid to sign them, or somebody—if mm. you blink and you miss them. I've been extras on TV. You know, I've been on TV three times, ta- six times, and I've been—I ex- don't charge. T- t- I should have a table because I'm, yeah, I'm fair a five-minute crime
3: fish.
1: <laughs> yeah, one was. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it just just—it—and you go then. There's no one yeah. selling comics. And there's no one, no one, and it's, it. you get lots of fan art with, like you said, like Mario with his ass out or, you know, Mary Jane lifting a top up and stuff. And you think, oh, Jesus Christ, man.
3: Yeah.
1: Be, be what it is. Be, be a Comic-Con. Or don't be one. Be be what you want it to be. And to be fair, there is one of them that does, does the kind of rounds, and they've actually changed the name from, they're not calling themselves comic Con anymore. They're calling themselves a Sci-Fi Mart. And that' what it is because they don't have guests. They have lots of stalls selling sci-fi and um, toys and things. And you know, this is a guy that I've I've had dealings with in the past. And um, hope he doesn't listen. Anyway. Um,
3: and Don't worry, I,
2: there's a very low chance that he will. And turned, on, I'll forward this to him when it comes out.
1: Yeah, I, 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 tu- I, I turned, I turned up at his event, and he went, he went green, but that was quite amusing. Um, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm a very chilled laid back guy. Just had a little word with him. Um, but leading on to that is this, is this, is this pissing contest that people have with cons. This, it's like I put a free con on, I get slagged off for it. Everyone says it's never going to work. It's bullshit. Two years later, everyone's doing free cons. And then I said, hang on, didn't you just spend two years slagging me off for doing the same thing? It'll never work, you're this, you're that. Oh, it's been handed to you, you're posh, da-da-da-da. Fucking da, da, da. I'm, I'm from Rochdale, there's
2: nothing posh about me,
1: mate. And it turns into this big competition about who can get the best guess, who can get this, who can get that. and then, See, I've
2: got no time for that shit at all. And it's,
1: it's fucking, it's not about that. If that's, what, if that's what it's about, then fuck off, I'm not interested. <laughs> You know, it. We should all be helping each other. Yeah. If we there's, you know, there's
2: an event organizer that will wait for you to announce somebody appearing at your thing before they announce it. the person appearing at theirs on exactly the same thing. That real comic conventions we love thing was mm-hmm. notorious for it, because obviously that was a group focused on comic focused cons. So you'd announce a guest and then you put it on there for people to see and reach a slightly bigger room. But it would instantly be followed up with another con organizer doing the oh and by the way we've got such and such coming at our event it's like fuck mm. off why couldn't you just let me have this little yeah. moment yeah, let it yeah exactly yeah.
1: yeah and it's yeah. it's and there are there are two or three who think that they are the best things in the world and we can get superstar american you know people to come over and stuff and mm. great fab i might want to go and see them that's an amazing thing but don't shit on my event or yeah. don't shit on Stuart's event yeah. you yeah. know we
2: cater for a different crowd don't but shit on anyone's
1: know. event it's no, exactly. shit event but you know,
2: it's um, what really annoys me is when I announce a guest for an event that's happening in a couple of months' time, and then they jump on with the oh, we got such and such appearing in October. It's like you've got fucking months to run after yeah. to that. Yeah. Why, why ju- potentially steal that one ticket sale? That person that was like, oh cool, I really person that person. I go, oh no, actually they've got them. That's where my money's going. Okay, I I I put, I
1: put um I I do a list of, of guests putting on and um, just say so you know we've got we've got thirty five guests, and. I believe it's the same person you're talking about, instantly put on, we have 36 guests.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you look at them thinking, really? R- really? <laughs> and it's like, okay, I got 40 guests. I got 41 guests.
2: You just want that Monty Poison thing, because it's geared up, don't you? Like, you won't angle. <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, And you look at them thinking, it's not, I. I think... If Stuart's event's good, people enjoy his event, they'll come to mine. If they come to mine, they'll go to someone else's. If they go to someone else, they'll go to someone else's. and it spreads that it spreads that good feeling, it spreads what we want. We want people reading comics. Because as soon as people start reading comics, we're dead. Yeah?
0: This is true. Yeah. This is true. Because so, we've you know, we as I say, you know, we've been to, to both your events and we've spoken to people. And you know, one of the things that we've often said is have you ever been to Oldham? Have you ever been to and they're like, you know, and if they haven't, it's like, Oh, you should go. It's a great event, it's a family focused event. And, and and I think that conversely, you know, there are some events that I would say to people, Can you tell me a decent comic con? Is that any good? You know, X event? And I'll be like, Well, it's more con than comic, to be fair, you know, because I've been to events where I can remember one event we went to that was a comic con and there was three of us selling comics in the entire thing. And I was, was walled in the North West? Was? I was walled yeah. in by Funko Pops. <laughs> um, so people couldn't even see us. And we were on this road. that they didn't even put the comic people together, unfortunately, which didn't help. Because what happened was we had we were just nobody could see our table because it was just a sea of people looking at plastic shit, you know. Which is fine if that's your thing. And again, like you guys, you know, I I'm living Let like Live kind of guy. And if you if that's what floats your boat, great. But we got no business that day at all we sold nothing because to be honest with you the people that were blocking us our, st- our, our table they, they weren't interested in what we were doing you know that's the they trouble weren't there events, for comics
2: though, is that people don't expect there to be comics there anymore so they don't go for comics yeah so you don't get the comic crowd and that's part of the thing that then knocks on to the genuine comic focused comic cons is people just don't even bother looking anymore a lot of the time yeah it's just, like, oh, just going to be fucking Funko's and that guy who was the third Stormtrooper on the left in Force Awakens. And it's I, like, that's not my shit.
0: Ewok, yeah. whatever. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> Chief Chirpers, uh, Stuntman. Paravan uh, yeah. of Courage. <laughs> uh, but I spent most of the day talking to the other two comics people because we were so excited to see each other that it's like, you know, it was just absurd. Absurd. And, and I do take umbrage with the hijacking of the name Comic Con. Yeah. I mean, I can remember going to see so you got me started now, so I went to one. Um, and I won't name the location because it'd be quite obvious what it was. And <laughs> it was I went be- <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. and I went because they, they had um John Wagner and Carlos Esquerra. and I thought, bloody hell, you know, it's amazing. Didn't look at who else was on, booked a ticket, drove over, went to it, was walking around took me about 35 minutes to find them, if you can believe that, for a start. I had to go past um, several people from TV shows I've never even heard of, you know, and fight my way through the queues and stuff. And and they were there, and I'm not joking, they were sat on their own. They were, there was nobody near them, and I couldn't believe it. I mean, these are two, you know, of British comics' greatest, Heroes, you know, in my book, anyway, you know, they're the fathers of what we've got today, mm-hmm. and there was nobody near them. And I went up, and I couldn't believe it. I spent ages just chatting, and, and then the guy behind me tapped me on my shoulder, and he was a, he was a guy from school that I went to school with, and he's like, oh, you know, and he's going, I can't fucking believe this. It's like John and and there's there's nobody here, you know. And it was great in the sense that I got time to have a laugh with John Wagner, and I got time to. Chapter carlos and he did a commission and all the rest of it but i was heartbroken i just thought it's just not you know that that is wrong isn't it
1: yeah, you know? yeah it is. on, 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 on so many levels it's it's and started so notice there are less and less of them and i, I was reading a post um just before covid ran about february when there was a group i'm in because i'm a sadist and I like watching people in pain um and they were saying oh Mm-hmm. Numbers were down by quite a lot last year. Numbers and I just bought mine were up, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> and they've got well they do, they, they, they fucking hate me around here, man. They, I can't stand me all um, because they, they think I'm hijacking what they've got. And I'm not because what I'm doing is a comic convention. I'm doing comics, yeah. Totally, and I'm pretty much the only one in Manchester doing comics. I don't think there's any, I, well, probably one of the only ones in the Northwest doing comics. I think yeah. I might be the only one in Northwest doing comics
0: you're the only i would say you were the only genuine comic convention where the balance if, if you look at a convention by floor space and you look at what what's represented there um you are the only person in the northwest that i know of and i could be doing a disservice to maybe some small cons that i don't know about and i'm not calling i'm not talking about the comic marts that exist in yeah, yeah, manchester yeah. they're different you know they're the old fashioned yeah you know hundreds of long boxes in a beautiful for a different reason if a bit whiffy sometimes um but you are the only person who has that balance of more comics than anything else yeah and it's it's and i've never i've never lied about it all i've never i've
1: never i've never advertised someone that's not going to be there i've never announced a date and then changed it because someone else thought it was a good idea i've never done anything like that and that kind of bugs me when when you have people who kind of pretend. And people who play the victim with stuff all the time. Oh, it's because it's the, the con's been cancelled because this guest cancelled. Well, just put it on anyway. People will come. If it's good enough, people yeah. will come to it.
2: Yeah. I'm very much of the opinion that if we said an event is happening, we will not cancel for any reason other than, you know, act of God
0: thing
2: I mean yeah. I will do everything in my power if I've said yeah. that the event is happening on this day at this place, it to do make sure it happens on that day at that place. Because people have already arranged travel, holiday, yeah. potentially yeah. booked hotel rooms they won't be able to get mm-hmm. their money back on. So even if you can refund the tables, they're still losing money on other things.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's important. Well again, as yeah. a as it's a... important to
2: build that relationship where if you say you're doing something, you fucking do it.
0: Yeah, and it's, most it's,
2: people understand that if a guest has to cancel it's unfortunate yeah. it does happen
1: and be but honest that's when that you too. go
2: straight on with like you know really sorry to have to tell you that i mean our first one we had neil adams and then he fucking pulled the rug out on us mm. um i won't go into the details on it but and so you know i was left sort of an unproven con organizer having to go out and but i was straight away because i could i knew it was coming so i you know i had an inkling that it was coming because he wasn't prepared to budge on his thing despite my best efforts kind of thing and that was an important lesson in don't fucking overshoot your load on your first con kind Mm -hmm. of thing um but yeah so and i was straight out with it and there were people who were naturally disappointed there were people who instantly demanded their money back because they were coming Mm -hmm. purely for neil adams and you kind of you had to deal with that on a case-by-case sort of basis kind of thing and then but most yeah, but, people in the end were like, because I'd say, but you know, we've still got all these awesome other people who are going to be there, so you know, give it a chance it. on that. What
1: well, well, you did there, you did something that that you shouldn't have done, which is you told people that he wasn't coming. You didn't up until the very day, probably an hour into it, say <laughs> yeah. so he wasn't coming after people had, had already travelled down to see that person. Um, you should have kept
2: it going,
3: maybe for the year.
2: Yeah. Um, no, he's still coming this year.
1: <laughs> yeah. How, how often? How often do you see that though? How often do you see? You know, guests aren't coming, and it's not announced. Like I,
2: I had Carlos how many events have you s- been to where you turn up on the day, and they're like, "Yeah, no, they cancelled last yeah. night." Yeah, yeah, so did they? Fucking did they? Did they really? Did they ring up last night I said, "I can't come"? Why not? Dog's mm. dead. But
1: we, we had, we had Carlos at Oldham for the for the second year. We had, we mm. had quite a big 2008. They did, I remember, yeah. Um, and I, I can't. Carlos cancelled on me. Um, it was to do with flights and things and and the other, and. I announced I announced that he wasn't coming and there was oh it's a shame, but you still got you know, you still got the incoming, you still got them, it's great, it's going yeah. And then like three hours later, I think some somebody had been on the phone to Carlos he said, No, I'll come, it's fine, don't worry about it. And I was like, Really? I've just announced you're not coming. Right? <laughs> you're now coming again. But and but the thing is when I announced when I said he wasn't coming, it's straight away I mean immediately
2: I said he wasn't coming. Yeah. Um nobody was bothered you've got to most people will understand that there are work commitments travel commitments family commitments that will stop a guest from coming no guest is legally obliged to turn up to your event no No matter what fucking contracts you've got in place yeah
0: yeah
2: because i'd be damn skippy if i was in a position where like you know a member of my family suddenly got ill or whatever and i had an event coming up i would have to cancel that event kind of thing yeah and I wouldn't want to force somebody to come and be like, oh, actually, no, I think you'll find you sign this bit of paper here. So fuck yeah. off. And most people understand that.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting you, you talked about, you know, people spending money in refunds and things, because I I had three, three or four conventions cancelled on us last year that they didn't go ahead. And all but one of them, I've had to um, chase my money back through other channels because i didn't get a refund yeah and it was you know and, and it's kind of like you know you, you take a loss because you, you're not going to get a refund on a hotel if you've booked a hotel you know that's uh, unless you're really looking and, and when you're trying to cut costs you know it's like yeah. 20 quid between a, a non-refundable you, you're going to take it if you can do it um well, so you are hooked up about
2: it you plan that type thing anyway just go for a fucking trip you know a small I've, break away
0: i've got <laughs> I've got an ongoing dispute at the moment. That I've had to go through, you know, the, the Section 75, the credit thing, to try and get some money back for a table from a convention that cancelled the week before and I've never heard from since and cannot get in touch with. And, That's the other thing, though. If you, you, know, you
2: are an event and, you know, God forbid you have to cancel, but you've already paid out for everything and they yeah. won't give you the money back, you've got to be honest with people and say, look, we've had to cancel. We are going to refund your money, but it's yeah. going to have to come out of my pocket, so please bear with me. You know, it's going to be, I'm going to work every hour I can at work to pay you back.
3: Yeah. But I'm going to have to
2: do it through the order in which people paid. So you will get and your I've money back eventually, it. but it might take. Just be honest with people. And then yeah. you'll find that some, a lot of people are like, no, look, we fully understand the position you're in. If you can pay me back or some, uh, you'll get certain people. Um, one of the cons that had it, where the, um, the weather just destroyed the event mm. and they couldn't go ahead. And you found a lot of people on that were like, keep the money. It's like, yeah, fully understand the position you're in. You've shown that you're prepared to pay it back out of your own pocket, yeah. which means a lot to people. Because you can get event insurance, but even that's not guaranteed that they'll pay out. Because no. you know what insurance companies are like, they'll find any fucking reason to screw you out of the money. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, I think you'll find that you tick this box, but you didn't tick this box, and uh, yeah,
0: fuck off. Yeah kind Again, of thing it's not, but it's, it's the, the honesty about, it's being open yeah, and honest. Yeah, and, like, yeah, i, you I agree money, honestly or at least at to have a dialogue with people and, at, and, at least acknowledge that you owe people yeah, money <laughs> and you know and if, if you've got to wait you've got to wait as long as you know that, that they're working through it um, yeah. i know i know some people are still waiting from a convention that they were owed refunds for from over two years ago and they're still yeah. haggle, uh, you know they're still haggling with them for it I, I also don't like this this i don't know
1: whether Stuart's seen it as much but th- this this shaming stuff up what some um organizers do when you know they've had a dispute with somebody and they, and they whap them all off they, oh don't use this person they'll do this they'll do that do the other right. no they just want a refund yeah
3: because
1: because either you've canceled or something's come with them you've added some dialogue and then you know people put screen grabs of the conversation on, on facebook and stuff i've and got thinking, no
2: time for that that's probably what are you doing the only time you're know. remotely justified to do that is if they've come out and said, oh, these people are being pricks. And then to put your side across. But even then, you do it in a way that is not throwing them under the bus in return. Because yeah. that's yeah. just going to escalate shit. But that, again,
1: that's, that's, that seems to be a trend in the last year of of putting people's details and saying, oh, this this trader or this artist has done this. And, and you're thinking, what are you doing?
2: Oh, the amount of up. times I get threatened because some people cancel their tables, and it's at a point where, like most events where you pay for a table, after a certain point for certain reasons you cannot, you don't refund the table.
0: Yep.
2: I mean, I will always be as flexible as I can, depending on the reason. That sort of thing It's why I always tell people to make sure that they've arranged their transport to get there and everything else in advance. Because the amount of people that like, you know, I can't get a lift there now, so I can have my money back.
3: <laughs> no, it's the day of the event. <laughs> yeah.
2: And it's like you have. You not pick me up. You had months to plan this out kind of thing.
0: Oh, my word. But
2: the amount of people that are then like, well, I'm a member of this forum on Facebook and I'm going to go on there and I'm going to tell everybody. It's like, it's just for them. Fine, do it. Whatever. Yeah. But yeah, it's like say, it's just, once you've taken people's money, there is an element of trust there that you are going to deliver on what you have promised or at yeah. the very least, the closest damn thing you can to what you promised. And that's where it comes back into the organizer. I did a shocking event last year that um it's tony talks about it on the awesome Pod a lot as the con that won't be named Mm. and it was just piss poorly run it was on a university complex in birmingham it It had absolutely nothing telling you which building you were going into i walked in me and the wife walked into the wrong building twice (laughs) and then it was only the receptionist on the second building we went into was like no it's in that building over there i was like all right and it was sort of slightly out of the way at the angle we were going at it from Yeah. so it was sort of the last building you'd hit Um, there were things that weren't their fault like construction on the road so it took you around a different route and that's 100% not their fault and in their defence at about 7 o'clock they put a thing out saying that there was construction on the road so it would take you in a different way so fair enough on that but then once you got there there was no signage telling you which building it was in there was no signage within the building telling you where it was so we were in a room so nobody took us to our table they are like yeah you're just up there so we wandered around the wrong room looking for the table with our name on it for ages before somebody was like, oh no, comic people are up there. And it's like down a hallway and to the right. There was fuck all there telling you that that's where comics were. One of the comic artists had to put his spare banner out in the hallway in the vain hope that people would see it from a distance. Be like, yeah. well, there's obviously someone up there. Like I said, there was multiple things wrong with it. The organiser then, at the end, fucked off to record a podcast with one of the guests. I'd love to... Cause you know, I do the nerds podcast. It'd be amazing on the day to be like, can I just nip off with you for an hour yeah, and record yeah. a quick podcast? Cause this is my opportunity to sit down and you talk with it. It's like, but no, cause it's not about me. It's not yeah. about my podcast. It's about the event. Like Den says, as an organizer, you want to be a constant presence on the floor. The only time you're not on the floor is when you're either getting something for a guest or you've nipped for a loo break. Um, I have a catheter. <laughs> I just pee myself. It keeps people away. Keeps me <laughs> <behind>. <laughs> But, um, <laughs> I don't eat and drink on the day, so I generally I do the same. Don't need yeah. a lube break because I'm just I'm such a bundle of energy and nerves. Yeah, I can't fucking face it. Exactly um, the same. But yeah, so you need to be a constant presence on the floor. You shouldn't leave, like I say, any other reason than those, or you know, you're helping somebody with something. Yeah, and it doesn't guarantee that you'll always be there when people need you because you're constantly putting out fires. So every time you get close to one fire, you get pulled off to deal with something else. And it's like, I always have a hit list of people I want to buy from, but I rarely get to most of them on the day because every time I get close to their table, I get pulled off somewhere else. It's the nature of the beast. But mm. buying anything at your own con is a bonus. Again, yeah. it's not about you. But yeah, it was just a shockingly badly done event. And then mm. you probably saw the thread on the Awesome Comics talk Yeah. after where people were talking about it. And somebody weighed in to try and defend it and was clearly a mate of the person involved. And then the organiser put a statement out where he's basically like, none of it's my fault. We couldn't put signage up. We weren't allowed to put things up on the wall. It's like you had posters for your own event up on the wall. The event we were fucking at. <laughs> if you can't put things on the wall, blue tack something over those posters telling me where shit is. And the guy who organised it, I spoke to him on the day, perfectly nice guy. He came round, he spoke to the kids, he arranged for a free thing for the kids and that. I can't fault him, but being a nice guy doesn't make you a good con organiser. And yes, have these grand ambitions for your con but make sure you can deliver on them before you promise them certainly the things that are within your control like say guests are beyond your control beyond they've agreed to come but beyond that you have no control over them actually showing up on the day and it's the same with an event i'm sure we're going to talk about that was put on for free was, say it, free? was, it, was, was it a free event i thought it was a free event i don't know if it was free for tables but i thought it was i, bad market. I digress but yeah um <laughs> But yeah, the whole thing with that event was it had grand ideas. It wanted to do a big yeah. thing. It just didn't do the research yeah, to yeah. it didn't have contingency plans for if this went wrong on the day. It didn't think about the natural flow of things because if you're gonna if you're gonna set up an event, you need to have a natural flow of things that leads from one thing to the other. It's no good having something at this end of town, fuck all in the middle, and then something up here on this hill kind of thing. But and it, it's great to have that sort of ambition and to want to do that thing and you know the council were involved the town was yeah, clearly
0: excited yeah. about it but then you've got to deliver on that do you think this is a case sometimes though that people maybe bite off more than they can chew and, i think and again, it's a
2: case of he's doing this so i'm gonna up my game but it's it's the whole thing focus on what you do yeah 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 it's like with us we could easily it's like we did the summer event for a couple of times and we did it well but at the same time it was my focus wasn't a 100 on the main event and i'm not saying the event suffered from it because i don't think it did because i'm just basically giving myself more work and it was having an effect on me running the event and you kind of need to just focus on that thing you do nail that and then if you're lucky enough to be in a position where you can expand and do other events or whatever yeah. but then don't put on another event if you then can't deliver on that one as well but, but mm, that's that's the difference like i, mean, I say if you're going to be con organized you need to be 100 percent focused and committed and passionate about that that you're doing just the slightest wandering mind will come across in the event you deliver whether you're aware of it or not just it can be in the slightest thing that most people won't even pick up on
3: but yeah yeah if
2: you're buying a ticket or a table for an event you deserve that event to be run by an organizer who is 100 focused on doing that as their main creative outlet obviously you've got family work and other things because most of us do it as a side gig mm. but most of us who do it as a side gig are 100 focused on that as our hobby thing if you see what i mean um and most of us are at least loosely planning where it's going to go beyond this one i that's a big part of planning that event is thinking of the next one because you need to hit the ground running with that you need to be ready to go because nothing is as an ambi as yeah we might come back we might not you know you're going to come back stop teasing people and being a dick just fucking commit to it and have it ready to go because for one that momentum of the day after the event is the prime time to catch people to be like we will be back on this day they will forget about it as other events come up throughout the year and it will slip further to the back of the mind, but it's there, laid in, ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And these events take more than a year's planning sometimes, so you need to have like that one finger in the pot of the next one, mm. just thinking about it. Not taking your focus away from that one, but incorporating it into your focus of the next event. For me, anyway. <laughs> we,
1: yeah, it's true, um, but we both said, said similar things. My, my event isn't about me. I have no, no ego involved in it at all. It's nice when people say it's a nice event,
2: but it's not about me. No, and I hate it when people are like, oh, it's Stuart's event. Yeah. Pushes yeah. the pieces. And I, but I think
1: yeah. I think if, if we are talking about the, the same event, and I think it's, it's saying, yeah, you've got a tiny one there. Look what I've done. Mm. And there wasn't an original idea in
2: there. No.
1: No, it was all, all taken
2: from other people, as you yeah. well know. As like, I well know. Sorry, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but no. But and that's it's... the thing with that. It's we could but, do so much better as a community of but, small Because yeah, I've gone to that person and asked for help with things, yeah. and they've told me how much they would charge me for it. I'll struggle yeah. by myself then.
1: But the difference is, if that if if person's come come up to myself or you and said, "Would you would you help or whatever?" I would probably say, "Yeah, yes, yeah, I, I would. would." You know, if 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 we mm. could do it, but instead
2: of
0: I, said, I, admit, stuff. I
2: may not be able to commit possibly as much as they want, but yeah. if they tell me what they want and I'm able to do it, I will do it. And it's the same with when Lemington was about a month or two after our event. When I was planning, I was speaking to Dan from Lemington, saying, like, you know, not to sound like I'm going to poach him, but what guests are you thinking of having? And these are the guests we're thinking of having because I don't want an overlap because if he's got an yeah. event a couple of yeah, months yeah, later, yeah. Yeah. it's pointless us both being like, yeah, we've both got, you know, Chip Douglas as our bigger guest because we're just stealing from each other. Then it's pointless. Yes. Yeah. So if one we were in the position to be kind of, and you know fortunately we didn't have any but we were both willing to sort of negotiate on where we if we did find that we like had all the guests the same or whatever I think yeah. we get on well enough that if he was like can I have such and such and you have such and such. You know because uh, do it obviously try and do it before you invite guests because you don't have to uninvite guests if it does happen and You've already invited them. That's just an unfortunate overlap kind of thing mm. But then we know not to heavily plug that guest ahead of the other person's event kind of thing
1: and it, and it is very much I, I Think again, not blame on Trump, but, but I think it's very much a, the sort of people we are you know, I think it comes back to the fact. I've got a ruthless streak in my body. No, I, I, I want a dick, I, but I'm not. Yeah, a I'm the same. I can be a dick, I can be an ass, and I can be a little bit mean at times. But I, I'm not kind of. If somebody wants my help or somebody needs something, I will give it. One, you know, we've talked about stuff. I've offered to, you know, you and you've offered me and the same mm. sort of thing, and it's, it's always there, and it's, it's not about. I just think it's we're stronger together rather than fighting against each other. Yeah, one what
2: saying, what's good for you. Bitching and stuff. It's the same with the small press community. It's a symbiotic relationship. Yes. What's good for you is going to be good for me in the long run. Me telling you to go and buy that comic instead of my comic, because I think you'd get more out of that comic than my comic, isn't me taking a sale from me and giving it to you. It's them going off remembering that, thinking your thing doesn't seem like my thing, but you directed me over there, so I'm going to take a punt on it potentially. Just being like if you ever want to buy a comic, go speak to that guy because he was really good. He doesn't care about the money so much. He cares about what you're interested in. And that's the thing. And I'm not saying, you know, you can't constantly be like, you know, you don't want to buy this, go buy that. But it's knowing what people are looking for. If you sell your comic to people being like, yeah, I think you're really, what you're into horror tits, all that sort of thing. Oh yeah, you'll love this. And then they look Mm -hmm. at it. It's like, this is for kids. There's no horror or tits in it. They're not going to come back to you. But if you build that relationship with your audience, where you will be honest with them, and be like, you know, if you ever fancy trying something different, though, this stuff might appeal to you. If you yeah. like yeah. a giggle or whatever kind of thing, and it's the same with cons. It's like a few people have been like, "Oh, I'd love to come to your con, but it's just too far away." And I'm like, "Well, have you tried Oldham? Have you tried Nottingham? Have you tried Leamington? Mm-hmm. Depending on mm-hmm. where they are, it's like because they're very similar to what we do.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: If they get a kick out of that and they get a taste for it, they might be prepared to travel further the next time. Yeah, kind of thing. And it's just. Like I say, a success for that event is a success for our event because it yeah. just builds good word of mouth. Because you don't
1: know who I, they know. They,
0: no, there's there's I, room for everyone, isn't there? I mean, let's be honest.
1: Sorry, mate. I just I, I think that the event was. I think it was quite damaging to to us because there was a lot of negativity
2: around it afterwards. Right. There was, and I noticed our footfall sort of dropped over the last couple yeah, of years. And I think a big part of that is going to be knock-on effect from badly run events or events yeah. that promise more than they could right. deliver because it's Very just a so. natural thing i mean we're lucky that we don't always pull a huge crowd anyway but we pull a focused crowd that they're into comics and they're into discovering new comics or they're kind of into comics and they're looking for that na- new thing we tend to pull that crowd which is good for us because it's not um well it's good for the people tabling because it's not a massive amount of people through the door but it's focused by so rather than Ten thousand people with only three who are actually interested in buying the shit. We've got a focus group of people who come in. Yeah. So I'm not yeah. denigrating those events that do pull in ten thousand people.
1: Last last year, there were not including ourselves. There were three other so-called free events, and each one of them was kind of slagged off. And I I'm thinking, shit, is everyone going to think a free event is shit then? Are they, are they going to look at Oldham and think, hang on a minute, you know, these, these three weren't what they said they were, they were this, they were that, they were the other. And I, I'm constantly worried that people are going to think the same same of mine because that's what the bad, ex- bad, the bad experiences they've
2: had at stuff. We had one in Cheltenham last year that was free, and it was a shit show.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: They yeah. invited me to be involved and then sort of ran with it. And I'm like, you know, they just wanted to use the True Believer's brand right that became abundantly clear very quickly they weren't actually interested in my involvement in organizing it and i wasn't prepared to put the true Blue's name on something that i didn't have at least a hands-on dealing with kind of thing because you don't because you wouldn't want to slap olden comic-con on no. something you had nothing to do with Not at all
1: no not at all
2: because you know you're it's a horrible word but you're a brand yes it's not necessarily a business brand it's a family brand kind of thing but you are that brand you don't yeah, yeah. you're not a yeah. franchise and um it was the same with us but I think it had a knock-on effect to us because that I think people instantly assume that that happened in Cheltenham, um even though it didn't have Trubli's name on it it must have been them people don't necessarily connect that the same faces behind the tables sometimes or the same people in front of the tables don't mean that it's a different event if I'm making sense
1: no no exactly and I think people do do make those connections with yeah. stuff, even even if they're miles apart. Um, obviously, my 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 event and the the, the one that remain we nameless it, were quite <laughs> far apart. Yeah. But when when you you have guests and and friends who went to the event and coming over saying this and that and the other, you think, oh crap, I was going to do that. That's oh, oh. And You think it, it starts putting a bit of doubt in. Yeah. F- for me, I'll always do like I've said. It, it will always be free. It'll always be the same sort of stuff. You know, I have a core audience every core group of guests and and true press people that, that come all the time and that's what i built it on you know you build that it, ground of people, of people yeah they, they know they're going to come they know they're going to see this person they know they're going to see this and but they're going to see this person as well yeah, you yeah. know and having like last year w- w- was we kind of stepped up a little bit we had we had american guests for the first time um but we had different types of like we had we had amy chu and um keith williams Never been to the UK, you yeah. know, and yeah. and and Keith Williams has worked on pretty much every book. He was also he was he was an editor on a, on Web of Spider-Man for a while. Never been to the UK, and he was yeah. like, "It's just cockhoot to come over," but that's the kind of stuff, you know. You, you build it on the platform of having of having your staple, the people you can rely on, the people that yeah. you know will talk about it and stuff. And then as you go up the pyramid, you maybe have that one cherry on top, the one that people go, "Oh, hang on a minute." didn't Expect them to be there,
0: you know. We've had criticism
2: leveled at us because we have the same, largely the same junk of guests every year. Because we have Mike Collins, Dylan Teague, uh, Jack Lawrence, and when they're free, the Etherington brothers every year. Um, but they're so much a part of the event now that I couldn't imagine doing it without them for one. And they're just great value for the event. People come to see them
3: because
2: they're approachable, they're reasonably priced, which is a big thing. Um, Say they enjoy talking to the fans. They enjoy the fans talking to them, and they engage with people. They're happy to get involved with stuff, and you know, add value to the event by doing a workshop yeah. or a brief tutorial or taking part in a panel, that sort of thing. And that's matters. I mean, we've had some guests that haven't been what I hope they'd be. I've had a couple of people where I've spoken to other con organisers, and they've gone, "I'd stay away from them." I think we're I'd, probably talking I'd, about the same person. Quite possibly. <laughs> Because you don't want that drama at your event. You uh, don't want to go into your event knowing that you might have to have a confrontation with a guest. Yeah. yeah. So it's easier to just avoid it. And it's the mm. same with people who have tables. You can tell the ones that are going to be difficult by the way they communicate with you. Yeah. So I, 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 you're I, not going to give them a take, offer them a take. Yeah, yeah.
1: And the, the kind of guests that I tend to go for are the ones that i have never been over here or ones who are just breaking in
3: because yeah. they're
1: cheaper as well. And they're just happy to be part of it they're just happy to kind of be part of, of, of the whole thing. And, you know, we we're very lucky to get Amy last year and she was, she was up for it from like day one, which was shocked me more than anyone else. And then um, Keith, you know, we, we were in New York at the time. So we, we had dinner with him and told him what were ethos and stuff. And he was like, yeah, can I bring me wife? Uh, I can't afford to, no problem. <laughs> you know, it was like that kind of, that kind of conversation. So we've, we have been very lucky with, with how it's landed. And I think a lot of that is, is because it's, it's going to sound a real like street we keep it real it is what it is. I don't tend to be in it. I don't pretend to be MCM, I
2: don't pretend to be LFCc. Mm. The, I am I am got, what I am. Yeah, the thing you've got with guests is there's no guarantee of an audience. You could have Jim Lee, but if nobody gives a fuck about Jim Lee, yeah. he's not going to pull the people in. Yeah, yeah. So the best thing you can do is not focus so much on the names and just focus on the quality of the people yes. that you're having.
1: Yeah, very much um, so.
2: The other thing is an event our size if we for example, had a chimney there. All that happy, like they got a Lee. Let's fuck them over.
3: Mm.
2: <laughs> and they'd off. It happened with the guest I mentioned earlier. That they then got a bigger deal from mm. a, which is one of the things that I think made them shift and get a bit more difficult because they didn't want to have to come over twice within the space of a month. So I think rather than pull out, they made it more difficult for us because yeah. they knew that we couldn't possibly deliver on that. And. But it's blatantly, not that the big cons look at your event, but if you do something that will put you on their radar, then they will find a way to poach a little bit from you. Not necessarily maliciously, but they'll just see that, oh, they're getting a lot of buzz for having this person. We could take that buzz and be- put it into our event.
0: But the difference is still the business. But they're model, a business. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're that's a business. The thing. They're not... Just, yeah, yeah. you guys. We're
2: very much the mum and pop yes.
1: yet,
2: cons. Yes. We're the bedroom cons. We're the indie grunge bands of the comic-con scene yeah and the, the thing we can do with that is embrace it and play to our strengths it's the whole fucking money ball thing if you've ever seen that movie yeah it's about knowing your place within it and excelling within that yeah and that's the best that you can do as a con mm-hmm. organizer is not like i say if you're going to have those dreams of dreams of grandeur that is awesome but you've got to be able to deliver on it if you've got the support of like you with Oldham, if you've got the support of the people that'll back you, then you play to that strength.
1: And the, the good thing I think what's what's gone in my favour with, with, with Oldham, I know we digress off the question a little bit, but That's okay. The the good thing about Oldham and I think the good thing about like Manchester as a whole, people support events. Yeah. So when we when we did Oldham, I, I would I said I was happy I got five hundred for the first one. We had four and a half thousand people come. And when we did a survey because uh, they had to serve so when they came in. About I think it was like ninety percent of them were lo- were local to Greater Manchester. So it was it was like, it, you know, they do support the locals things. Yeah. And then obviously we got bigger. We have got people from further afield coming because you know word of mouth and stuff. Probably mm-hmm. like true believers, where you get people yeah. coming further afield. But the way I look about it, I'm I'm a northwest event, and to be honest, I'm putting it on for my pe- I'm putting it on for Manchester. I'm putting it on for the people that. I, it won't who can't get to London who can't get to Glasgow and Scotland who can't go overseas to stuff I want to put a event on for them really so they can they can come to it and not and not have these like you know I don't have these delusions of i, I, I I've had this same conversation with the guest you mentioned earlier about coming over and it was costing that much for the same price to get him over I got six other people yeah and they were and there were people that were being read right now at this time in books you know a couple of colorists and and the thought more people know who they are because they read the books at the moment yeah Yeah, he's a superstar and it's it's a very kind of self-indulgent thing but ultimately um is it really going to change the footfall no because it's for local people it sounds it's a a local event for local people
2: but it is that's the other thing as an organizer you've got to know your area it's like i know that Cheltenham is a very creative area in that it has all these like the jazz festival, the literature festival, all sort of thing. but it's also very much up its own ass area. No offense, but as you know, not individual people, but just as a whole, it has that thing and it does look down on comics. And I was aware of that going in, but my main thing was that I wanted to bring comics to my hometown, which all right, Cheltenham's the next town over technically, but it's still within that demographic. And now that we're in juries, we technically fall into Gloucester again. But um, it was important because there was nothing like that around here. But I was aware that I was going in with that uphill battle, that I would be looked down upon when being mentioned in the same breath as the Literature Festival Mm. or the... Because comics Mm. has that stigma. It will always have that stigma. Until we break that ceiling, which we seem to... Whenever we get dangerously close to it, there's a backlash that knocks it back down. Every year we seem to get close to it and then... We have that the same problem that British film has that's like, oh, Lockstock was popular that year. Let's have loads of Cockney gangster movies yeah. and then nobody will be excited about British cinema anymore. And it's the same with comics. It's like, oh, comics about an il- your personal illness are really popular. So everybody does one about their depression or their whatever's mm. wrong with them. And, you know, fair enough. That's your unique story, but it's not unique within the world yeah. of comics anymore. And yeah. well, We need to break away from that. We need to go back to doing more exciting things, taking risks. And we're in a position where we can take risks is, as comic creators. And as Comic Cons to a certain degree, we are in a position where we can try different things. We don't necessarily have to be tied into that Comic Con mould that people have come to expect. If we want to fucking do a Comic Con with an art gallery in the middle of it, we fucking can.
3: Yeah, Because who's so, going to yeah. tell
2: us, we're not, who's expecting anything else from us other than, as long as you provide the basic of what you're going to do, and you can nail that other thing as well. Why not try it?
1: Well, that that's my next my next thing is is to put on a gallery exhibition. Yeah, that's that's my next my next thing is to do that.
2: I think you and, and I have very similar ideas of what our uh, dream con's going to be for the next question, but Yeah. <laughs>
1: right. But just just one last thing. I yeah. think from from leading to, you know, the con the con for me as open doors for me to go into schools yeah. and teach comics. So we, we you know we, this EduCon, which we go into schools we teach we, we teach comics i i go in me and a friend go in one day and talk about us in comics why we're into comics and a bit of history comics and then we get an artist or a writer to go in and teach them the art of comics and that's because such an that, amazing thing you do with that as well yeah and because of because of that our audience has grown and, and because of that schools are coming to me for graphic novels to put in their libraries and again you know, we give, we gave, we we gave local schools. Mm-hmm. I think one spent, I think it was like two hundred pound, and we gave them four hundred pounds worth of books to, to I, boost the stuff. So
2: I generally think, as a small press creator, if you get to the point where you can put something that is substantial enough to be considered a book, not to say that comics aren't, but you know, what I mean, mm-hmm. a library's not going to take a floppy necessarily over yeah. a collected edition kind of thing. But donate a certain number of the ones you get printed to your local libraries. Yeah. Yes. They'll take they them because they always want books. Yeah. If they're suitable to go into your local schools, donate them to a couple of local schools yeah. as well. And yeah. the other thing I always say to people when they ask, oh, I've done a kid's book, where's a good place to sell it? Check your local schools when they're doing their summer fairs or their Christmas fairs or whatever. You can generally get a table for a tenner. You might not sell anything, but you're getting yourself in front of a different audience that isn't the con audience. Yeah. And you're hitting that target audience of future congos and future con yeah. comic readers. By being in that school, like I say, and I do, do my it. kids' local school with Tales from Beyond Infinity. It's a tenner table. I occasionally I'll sell a couple that I can get me tenner back. But it's not about that. It's about getting those comics yeah. to kids. We got a load of leftover free Comic Book Day and Halloween Comic Fest comics that my local comic shop had. I bought them off him and just took them there to give away to the kids at the Christmas fair. So I basically spent a tenner on a table to give away comics.
1: And, that, and well, that's that's it's it's one more like the comic one of the things i say is you know it's better than crack let's get the next generation into comics now and getting them in schools you know what we're, we're now in a, in a privileged kind of area you know the way we do the talking thing is we, we've got the marvel movies, we've got the dc moves everybody knows who superman is everyone knows who that is but they don't always know the comics no. um, you know we there's, there's lots of books out there like road to petition stuff like that. no one knows the comics so, we can take people in to schools and, and show them this vast array of kind of comics. It's not just superheroes. Yeah, I'm a big superhero geek. I love superheroes. But it's this massive array of things and talk about comics. And the same sort of thing happened at the, the, the last school into. We Every single book we took in in the library went out the same day. So, yeah. everyone was really, And when we went in at lunchtime, because we, we, we had a dinner with well, all the children, they're all sat there drawing. And then yeah. they're taking artwork over to like, uh, Tim Perkins, who was doing the stuff and showing him his artwork and things and talking about it. And they were signing things and gave, he gave some of his books away and, but it was, it was just so good. That, and the questions they're asking were relevant and, you know, also people. We also did older children. we were talking about wanting careers in design work, careers in comics, careers in writing. Yeah. And a lot of them were saying, I'm not very good. At, is there any other careers apart from drawing? Well, you could you could be a colorist. You could be you could be mm. an inker. You could be you could be you could do all these sort of things. And they were like, really? We didn't know that existed.
0: And that's the next generation, isn't it? You know, that's we'll
1: how you're building that future. Our, our last our last event in school we had, we saw four hundred and eighty children. They had to, literally had to do like a, a name out of a hat in the end. They had so many people subscribing yeah. to it. We could have really? done the whole school. And it, yeah. we had we had to literally pick names out of it. we we ended up doing four sessions. It was supposed to have been two sessions. And again, we go in. I, I you know, I've got a comic book shop, we had loads of like the DC Nation book, went and just gave them all away. Yeah. So everyone's walking around at lunchtime reading comics. People, Dave, hey, have you seen this? Have you seen this? And that's that's what we want to do. And I think you know, Stuart's saying that's the passion that we yeah. bring to our events and what we bring to what we what we're doing. You know, we, Damien, you know me quite well. I'm I, I go on about it all the time and I can't up about it because this is this is
3: who mm. I
0: am, and that's what I bring to it. And that's very different to a lot of these other cons. That's I'm been, off my soapbox now. Brilliant. So if we just move on to the next question, which would be if you could have your fantasy convention, your comics convention, without fear of being gazumped by one of the big guys, where would you have it and who would your two main guests be? And we'll start with you, Stuart. Um, I think
2: if I was going to do my fantasy convention, it'd have to be somewhere weird. It's going to sound odd, but a large convention hall is awesome and doing it at a hotel is awesome. But if we're talking fantasy. If I could do it in like a fucking cave, like a big fucking cave or something, <laughs> wouldn't that be amazing though? Yeah. But to go into a, a cave it would, and it's like, yeah. there's convention tables dotted throughout it and there's stuff going on. And you've just got the whole atmosphere being in the cave. It's wholly impractical, but we're talking fantasy. So, or maybe even in a forest or like in the summer,
3: Brilliant.
2: like leading through a forest and then you've got a big opening and there's just a con going on there. Just something different like that. That'd be amazing. But, or to be able to do it in a place where you've got the space to have the convention and a gallery and yep. some interactive stuff. I'd love to have, like, when you go to Disneyland and they've got all the, t- I mean, we try and do it at the con, but we don't have the tables kind of thing. They? But they've got all the tables set up ready where you can sit down and then somebody teaches you how to draw Mickey Mouse or Winnie the Pooh or something. Yeah, And you've yep. just got that creation station there, all the stuff moulded into the thing. Yep. Um, and to just be able to put on a con that's also an experience. So you've got the, you can buy the stuff that other people created, but you've also got all this stuff going on. So you can look at original pages framed up on a wall. You can look at stuff, exhibitions about, you know, the greats of comics, so your Kirby's, your Stan Lee's, your Dick your Denny O'Neill's, your Neil Adams, all that sort of thing. So you can learn about the history of comics as well. You can learn about the creators who've created some of the greats and why they're important you like say you can see original pages that dc exhibition that they did in london last year year before yeah 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 that was amazing to go and see those original pages and to realize that they made comics professionally the way you used to make them in your bedroom by cutting and pasting pictures and word balloons onto pictures and all that sort of thing and that it was just fucking tipex and a mess
3: yeah
2: as a page but it was just beautiful in that way it was done but yeah i mean that if there was something like that when I was a kid that made me realise that, shit, the way I'm sitting in my bedroom making comics, where I'm drawing the picture and then doing the word balloons and then sticking them on with Pritt stick on top of the picture, is how they actually made comics. I mean, obviously, it's slightly slicker, but but it's the principle's the same in the yeah. pre-computer age. That, that, that would have inspired me, because I don't know about you guys, but reading comics as a kid, it was all... You'd look at the address to write into because you always wanted to send a letter in, but it was all New York, and it was like, how the fuck do you send a letter to New York? so like, you don't yeah. want to ask your dad because you don't want to look like a bell end. But, <laughs> but it all just seemed a million miles away, in like a completely yeah. different world, and almost to the point where you're like, these just must magically be created. I don't know how, and there was nothing to sort of break that barrier down. So if you could set up something like that DC exhibition, it's also a con i mean that venue you could do so much in it that is an immersive interactive comic convention experience yeah, yeah. that's all included in the ticket price or ideally if you can get the support free mm. or if you can cover it from the table sales mm. i mean that's a huge gamble for everybody involved but that's you know further on the edge you go the more exciting yeah. it is sometimes but yeah to do that sort of thing that's an immersive experience like say which comes from if you could do it if there was a cave that it was possible to do it in kind of thing you will remember that event because of yeah, that location
3: absolutely. people
2: remember the summer one we did because we did it in an old medieval i can't remember what it's called now but but yeah so it was big stained glass windows and everything and it was just yeah, a funky yeah. venue and people remembered that because of the venue and because it again not blowing smoke up me on us but because it was a good event for yeah. what it was as well um but no, yeah it's fine it's i fine. get genuinely excited about this oh,
3: so well,
0: you know. if
2: money was no object and you know you found the right place to do it wouldn't it be amazing to just do something fucking crazy
0: super so who, who would you guess be who would you if you could have two guests then for CaveCon? what would it be
2: See, my dream's always been to have the 90s superman team so you Mike Carlin, Joe jerry all that team i'd absolutely love to do an event with them if you could do it on an anniversary of like the death of Superman or something like that, that'd be amazing. Yeah. But if you, if I had to pick, well, I couldn't pick two. I've got a long list. of I'd love to have, do an event with Shannon Wheeler who did too much coffee, man. But I'm also aware yeah. that that'd be so much more for me than anybody else. Um, just cause I'm a massive fan. I'd, I'd love to have an event with Terry Moore. Like I said to you the other day, I was so excited to go to the lakes this year cause Terry Moore was going to be there.
0: Yeah.
2: And then obviously this all happened.
0: Mm. Um,
2: Yeah, and like I say, just some of the creators who inspired me. Denny O'Neill, I would have loved to have an event, Mm -hmm. if nothing else, just so I can have a conversation with him in the pub the night before or something. Because if you've ever seen him in interviews and that, he's got a genuine passion for it. Same with Mike Carlin from the Superman crew. He's got a genuine knowledge of comics, and for us to tell. And he was there at that golden age where they used to do the Super Summit, where they'd plan the year's comics out in advance and have it all up on the wall. They'd lock themselves in a boardroom for a week kind of thing, get all the writers and artists involved to have been a fly on the wall in that golden yeah, yeah, age see. yeah or well, it wasn't the golden age but it was for me um but yeah take that element of comics that inspired me and find a way to bottle it into a con and get it out for other people yeah that
0: <laughs> great stuff what about you dennis dream venue dream guest.
2: i don't know <laughs> It's like I was gonna say. A cave.
0: Flag. Oh, Yeah, <laughs> Bastards, cave.
1: Um, cave. For Superman. What's the difference of cave in, in in the sky? I do it in the in sky. The trio. In, in, yeah, doing it. In, um, I don't know. I I I would keep it in Oldham. It sounds shitty, doesn't it? But I would. But yeah. but I'd take over the whole town. Um, and just kind of have have a, like have it for a week.
3: Have yeah. it for
2: a full week. Have, just have chilled out, relaxed.
1: Yeah, have people and. Have, you know, time when people can go and sit in a pub and have a drink and chat to the creators and things and have screenings and movies and have the the creating team behind them talk about, you know, not the director and stuff, but have the writer who wrote the comic, the the artist who you know, people forget who who did stuff. Um, But have a full week of, of, have a big exhibition and you know, have people with QR codes on the chest and stuff so when they walk through things, things pop up and, you know, like holograms and stuff and I'm working on something very similar to that as well, which is cool. But like, you know, pe- people can people can, you know, when you, when you sign up to get your ticket, you write in your favorite comic book, your artist and stuff, and do a sections you walk through and you know information about that person can come up and where you can go and stuff. But yeah. really, really have instead of trying to cram everything in to, to one day and have, have 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 everyone running around, have it as it a full week of different sort of activities and things. Have have people have matt wade on the stage talking about his superman doing do his mm-hmm. superman lecture and stuff things like that stuff that we just don't get over here so, so you, you uh,
2: saying that you've made me realize that i kind of do my dream con
0: <laughs> well that's
2: in what i do that's part um, of it like man. i say i'd love to carry it out over a week like you say As, if i could do it like the literature festival like you say so you could have people in talking you could show movies you could show documentaries you could this showcase is, yeah. new artists, give them a platform to. I mean, yeah, we yeah. do that anyway, but sort of be able to give them more of a platform to come out
3: think... on
2: stage and talk. And this, this, this
1: year, this year, my con, that was my dream con. Everybody had such a good time and everybody enjoyed it and everybody was mm. smiling all day. That to me is what it's about and that's my, my dream, would be my dream, but just make it a little bit longer and a bit more chill yeah. so I I'm not vomiting really? and shitting for three hours. My dream yeah. guests are a bit weird. They're not weird. But <laughs> if I if they were still alive, I'd, I'd have to get people like Bill Finger and, yeah. and Steve Ditko because mm. people forget how much influence he's had on the characters and a bit of the kind of, these are the people behind the books, Jack Kirby, you know. Yeah. And people who are alive, it would probably be Neil Adams and um, Joshua Middleton. So, but... I do. I. I would like to get people who the un- unsung heroes of, of of the comics to kind of say, yeah, I did this and I did that. And yeah. Yeah. I don't think Bill. Well, we know Bill Finger never got his kind of no, know, no pat on the no. back, and still Steve Ditko is a little bit more well known. Um, yeah, I think the
2: problem with Steve Ditko was he disappeared, so that's why he's largely not mentioned.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I wished him happy birthday. Years non-comic. ago. Nice. I w- I was, in, I was in New York, and um, it was really, really weird. I shouldn't have done it, but I did anyway. I, I rang his, his his doorbell, and he answered, and I said, happy birthday, and he went, thanks. <laughs> I was like, Sarah was laughing at me. I was almost pissing me pants with joy. That's brilliant. Um, and, yeah, so that was, that was like, amazing. Yeah, yeah a, a guy at the local comic shop we were talking about, and he said, yeah, this is where he lived I went, yeah, you shit him, and he showed me the look. So I rang his bell and said, happy birthday to him. So that was. That's super. Yeah, you right. know, it was nice. Yeah. It, it might have been, it might have been fucking, I do some, some dickhead. He was going, hello.
2: Nah, in your <laughs> I'm mind. Saying, I'm saying it's him. That's exactly <laughs> it <is>. That's pretty. <laughs> and that'll stick I mean, by me. That's the thing. But Any what... asshole that's like, we'll prove it was him, can just yeah. fuck off. Because in yeah. your mind, it was him. Yeah, exactly. 99.9% was, was definitely him. Because if you rang his buzzer, he yeah. didn't generally let people in. So.
0: There's something to be said about when you meet those people that you genuinely do admire as well, no matter how fleeting. Yeah. You know, it it just. I remember when we first met John Waters, and I was like, oh, you know, I couldn't believe it. You know, he was one of my my heroes growing up. John Waters I love John Waters stuff and I just love everything about his attitude to the arts and, and things and yeah people go well, where do you want to meet him for you know and it's like like you say Stu, you know well, you know And a lot to me, and it always will and for what it's worth my my uh, fantasy location for a comp would be in a in an art gallery you know yeah. like one of the national galleries where you know yeah. like like maybe something like the walker where you've got space and multiple levels and things i would love to see a convention where you've got modern comic artists displaying their work in a room full of you know what people class as traditional or highbrow art to just to really fuck with people that this is an art form and it's equally as valid if not more so in a lot of cases yeah you've only got to look at the whole pop art thing
2: it's like it I'd wasn't considered art until somebody put it on a fucking canvas. Yeah. I would love to do that kind of thing. Do you have, just quickly, Den? Do you have the same thing I do, where you'll go around somewhere and you're just in the back of your mind, you're like, I "Wonder if you could do a con here? How would it work?"
1: Yeah, yeah, all the time. When we did, when I, 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 I've been asked to do to do one in Manchester, um, and the venue's amazing, but I just can't. I just don't have the same sort of fluttery that I, yeah. I get from it. It's yeah. not. You know, I'm thinking this, this venue's great and I think this could be amazing, but it's not... I don't feel the same about it. Yeah. Fair enough. And but as I do, you mentioned
0: I, before, if you don't feel that way... No, no. Keep like
1: doing a, it. And I don't like big, sterile places either. Mm. You know, like, uh, com- convention halls. They don't feel right. I know that's what they're built for, but I yeah. think for comics, you want it to be a bit... You know, I want it to be kind of... I don't know.
2: I think if you're doing a convention hall, you've got to do something, at least try and do something special with it. I mean, that was always the thing with the race course is that it always looked like a Comic-Con in a race course rather than a Comic-Con had taken over this place kind of thing, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, Because it's just the natural thing of it's a big, sterile, open space kind of thing. Yeah. So you do the best you can to fill it out, but it does always look like a convention hall with a Comic-Con
1: in it. And I, I think, you know, like thought bubble and the Armouries and things like that. It just had, it just felt right, you know. Yeah. Certain certain and the one you said about in the in, in your summer one in in the it was like a um a churchy sort of place, wasn't yeah. it? That just feels right. Lemington feels right. Yeah, in the church. Yeah, it, there's, there's certain things that just feel, you know. And you you go to these these mass, you go to the G or you go to the XL or whatever, and you just stand and think. It's a bit soulless in here, mate. Yeah. yeah you just but, you're,
2: you're a little bit like a cow just being led around and yeah, eventually yeah. be slaughtered, aren't you? <laughs> well,
1: yeah, and I, I agree with I, I think an art gallery would be amazing. I think yeah. I think having having you know good artwork up there next to what the of traditional art, the, the classics, mm. and small press art, everybody up there. Because you'll you'll get you'll get people coming come in. Like I've been in an art gallery and the guy was looking at a balloon and going, Oh, it's mm. you can really see what he's trying to say. Yeah, he blew it up. Uh, but if you have if you have that if
0: you have that sort of stuff there people will take note of it yeah you know you could you could add a couple of quid onto your onto march of the robots if you're in the, <laughs> you know what i mean well, right
2: it's, it's the whole joke isn't it about um you know a bent paperclip is just a bent paperclip until you put it on a plinth in an art gallery yeah, then it's a million pounds yeah <laughs> but
1: i i also like the idea of having you know having Neil Adams having his artwork up there and then Damon having your artwork next to it. And then yeah. having Josh Middleton and then having
2: you know Stuart's artwork there and
1: then having... like
0: I don't think Neil would be too <laughs> <happy>. no, <but laughs> It's I, not a I...
2: convention, but I would absolutely love to take over an art gallery or a museum and just do a small press exhibition. Yeah, very Pages, much so. final yeah. pages, pages in progress, all that sort of thing. It's something I'd love to do at True Believers of Era the space and the money to be able to do it promptly. It's just so you could see the progress, you could see the pencils, the pages, the inks of the pages, how they yep. appear in the final book, all that sort of thing, maybe with a little bit from the artist explaining their process. Mm-hmm. Just okay. all that stuff, because it's, it's beautiful art. You've only got to look at like Nick Prolix's pages, or Your Art D, or you know, um, Steve Sims Battle Badger's pages. Mm-hmm. They're all fucking gorgeous. I would take any one of those and put them up on my wall. Andy Bloor's art, I've got an original yeah. piece of Andy Bloor work that he did yeah. for Tales from Beyond Infinity. It's absolutely stunning, and just to have—it doesn't have to be the whole gallery; just a wing of a gallery that is dedicated to small press art. That it's not for sale; it's just up there for people to look and admire
0: and enjoy. And it would lift. I think it would elevate the medium as well, you know, a little bit. I think think it it would, would. and it doesn't need it. I don't. Don't get me wrong. I don't believe that we should play second fiddle to the arts you know i know we i know we should be recognized as the art form that we are we shouldn't
2: be as part of you know and as well as this is also
0: and and sometimes to do that though you have to you have to make people realize that that it is an art form and i think an event in a gallery would would help to to change some perception around it and it wouldn't wouldn't make everybody take comics seriously we'd still all be viewed as no but if it can
2: erase
1: that appreciation of the art form yeah would this be a good Great. time to mention that I've got an art gallery I can use? Oh, yeah. Well, there you go.
2: Yeah.
1: Ooh. No, you seriously, go. seriously I, I have I have an art gallery that I can use for stuff. Yeah, because I've
2: been told I can use one in Gloucester, but it's kind of pointless doing it here because it's not going to pull in a crowd from outside. But yeah, where yeah. you are, the trick I have to have is getting the small press artist excited enough about it to donate the art for it I think they would be. I think think they 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 would be. I think if you can, but you need to have the right place to do it as a launch off point. You don't want to do it in, as much as I love Gloucester, it's not a big enough place to launch it. I think, yeah, we maybe need to have a chat because you, oh, you,
1: you have the artists there, you have artists there who talk about the stuff as well. Yeah. And you know if they want to, if they want to have a table to sell the the original artwork, we do a book with everything in there, and that's what. And that's
0: that's what the best thing. Do.
2: the DC exhibition had a gorgeous book that you could yes. buy at yes. the yeah. yeah. So you basically have the whole exhibition at home. I
0: was talking about that the other day to someone about the Dave McKean collage yeah. pieces for Arkham.
1: You you, mm-hmm. you imagine having having all this artwork up and you know someone's talking about it and yeah the artist is there go and chat with them about it and that and, that, and it's, it's a whole new the whole new thing how often do you go to an art gallery and have, have the artist there ready to talk to you about it and doing sketches as well for you while you're there?
2: But that's it or even if they're not there you've got that book that you can take away yes. with you it yeah, has yeah. got all the artwork that you've seen up on the wall in it which it's never the same as seeing it up on the wall, but it's the next best thing kind of thing, and it will remind you of that time you saw it up on the wall. And it's also got the details you need for where you can find those people online so yeah, you can buy fun. stuff from them.
0: Right. Well, that's the yep. date then. <laughs> <laughs> really like-minded so, people. You know, we've talked about conventions, We've talked, and, and well done if you've lasted with us all through this. You, yeah, you I think know, this is going to be your first parter <laughs> It may very well be. And we've talked about what makes a good convention a bad convention, things like that. But given the current situation that we're in, the pandemic, and then, well, I think we're still in, I mean, the government, obviously, disagree. (laughs) But, um, you know, post-pandemic then, how do you think the world of conventions and and comic conventions, comic marks, things like that, how how do you think they're going to change if at all? I think
2: they're going to have to change. they yeah, where they can. I think I think the unfortunate thing is going to be that there's going to be a lot that can't really change. Mm. So I'm not sure how we could do our event and be able to maintain social distancing.
3: No, I, either, made, I, I don't
2: see think how you can do any event and make, no. other than between the tables how you can maintain social distancing. And, Plus, wow. you've got that plastic fucking barrier between you and the creator. It's going to take part of that feel of a con away. One of the big reasons that we postponed next year's True Believers because we postponed it pretty much straight away Um, partly because we were aware that there were a lot of other events that couldn't take place last year or this year rather so if we at least took February out of the equation for next year it gives them a little bit of room to play with moving kind of thing plus we had our event this year we got lucky, got very lucky to be fair (laughs) Um, but yeah I think I don't think you can bring a comeback until there is either the infection's gone away almost completely, or there's a vaccine for it. Right. I just don't think you can do it the same way. It wouldn't have that same feel. It'd be a lot like going to a football match and not being, you know, for people who are into football and not being able to be in a group of like-minded fans. Mm. That whole thing of being close to your, you know, fellow fans, your kin, is a big thing of being there in the stadium if you're there and then there's a bloke six seats away it's not the same yes i mean you could do it but it's what's the point
3: uh-huh. yeah so, the,
1: i i think it's it's a little bit the practicalities of point of Conan is is i think it runs deeper than that because it's a very tactile medium comics yeah so how yes. are you supposed to? How, how are we going to disinfect everything? We're going to disinfect all the chairs. Are mm. we going to? Is the ticket? You know, books are shiny covers. Covid lives on stuff for what seventy-two hours and something
2: shiny. I well, said, so how are you going to be? Like you know, yeah. yeah. Take a look at my book before you buy it. But no, once you have picked it up yeah. and touched it, Are, are gonna we going to take
1: everyone's temperature on the way in? Are we going to? If someone coughs, mm. do we shut the con down? I I I I honestly can't see how you can social distance and. With any good conscience, run a convention in, People aren't in the climate.
2: No, it, well that's if, that's, if that's you the main have thing. Shoved in your face every five minutes. That isn't a comic. That is a temperature gun or whatever. You know, Plus, you know, I've seen how far that nose swab goes back. I don't want to take the yeah, risk it's, of it's, ever having to have it's, that done.
1: It's, it's not. Mm. A, and I, I wouldn't recommend having COVID because it's not. It's not a good thing to have. No. Um. But it's it's unless you do it outside, which in this country we can't guarantee weather yeah no. <laughs> so unless unless we do it outside unless you do it on on a, on a football pitch size and there's plenty of room for people to walk around and stuff you you, you lose the essence of it you lose that buzz you lose why you go to cons you, you're not going to be talking to people about stuff and are you, are you telling me creators are going to want to be breathing you know there's the old um con flu isn't there people yeah. mm-hmm. to get colds and stuff after going there anyway now it's going to go from con flu to covid flu yeah. you mm-hmm. know yeah do we really want it? do we want that I I, mm-hmm. I can't see until there's a vaccine how we can do conventions
2: no and I mean fair play to that first con post vaccine once everybody's been vaccinated because everybody's going to love it
1: there's been a couple in America hasn't there there's been one in Texas and yeah. one I think it's in Dallas and nobody went no it doesn't nobody me. Me. it's
0: too and this, dangerous. this
1: is, and this is in Texas
0: yeah. where they
1: they came out on the streets and
0: said we're going to stay out yet they still didn't go to a con yeah you, you know you've got a responsibility to other people not yeah. just yourself and that, and that, that that's as organizers and as people attending and you know we've still got a couple of things in the books for the back end of this year that have been moved and i'm pretty convinced that i'm just waiting for them to move and i'm, I'm hoping they do actually
2: i'd it's, be surprised if there's anything until yeah. the middle to end of next year
1: my my venue has told me um they're not even going to talk to me about anything until february
0: yeah and I don't think even if the events go on, I think we're going to have to withdraw just just on the grounds of, of safety, you yeah. know. Because but it's not, funny, just not It's not
2: going to be a good event for you anyway. You probably yeah. lose more in losing the table money than you would in going. Yeah, I, yeah. I I would argue. Um, I mean, as gutted as I am about Thought Bubble, there was a huge part of me that was like, I'm really glad they cancelled it because I'm not going to get the Thought Bubble experience that everybody else gets because yeah. it's going to be. The people who do go are still going to have that thing in the back of their mind of like, I don't know whether I can stop and look at your table or not, because I don't know whether I can touch it. And I don't want to. Yeah. And it's that whole social distance. It's awkward enough at work where everybody sort of walks around like they've had really awkward sex dreams at each other. <laughs> yeah.
3: And you just kind of, oh,
2: um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> and you, but it is. It's that same yeah. awkwardness, yeah. isn't it? And you, you <laughs> do.
0: The and do. this time like possibly death. Which is uh, you know it does up the ante a little bit, doesn't it? Let's be honest. I mean. Well, I
2: mean, well, it, you it, have this in my sex dreams.
0: It, <laughs> <wouldn't it? laughs> do tell. Um, but it's also <laughs> from a
1: guest point of view: Are you really gonna? Are guests really gonna like get public transport, flights, trains? No. You know, are they are they gonna drive this sort of distances for I think unless they guests rely, rely on that
2: as their income, yeah,
0: they're not gonna take the risk. No.
2: Now that's
0: I'd, an interesting point actually. Is that, is you know because you guys know that you try and get guests to appear and day how many guests are going to risk spending a day or two days you know in a room with potentially hundreds of thousands of people they don't know
1: well i i had two i had one guest from italy one guest from spain two from portugal one from america and they cancelled before the pandemic Mm -hmm. hit as big as it did in their countries they said we're not traveling
2: No disrespect, but the hygiene on some people that go to cons is questionable at the best of times. Really? Stuart, I don't know what you mean. I know. It's rare, but... I I
1: used to feel sorry for Amy because she was at the height that the the con smell was just hitting her. She's a bit taller now, (laughs) so she's fine. But but how can... You know yourself queuing... You have people queuing for autographs or queuing for sketches. If you have to social distance that queue, if there's 50 people, 30 people in it, 10 people in it, that's a massive queue now.
2: That's it. And you've got to do it without blocking other people's tables. It's not going to work. And the other thing you're going to have to consider is where the economy is coming out of the other side of this. Yeah. Because a lot of people are going to take a hit. As much as, you know, we put our head in the sand and as much, I mean, I'm lucky I have still go to work every day kind of thing. I mean, I'm lucky I've still got a job. But there are other people that since this has started have lost their jobs. Yeah people i know people who are in my family have lost their jobs because of this and it's gonna dry up the job market and that's gonna have a knock-on effect only people aren't necessarily gonna have the disposable income to go to a con even yeah. free cons they're not gonna have the disposable income to go because no. why would you go to something that's gonna tempt you to spend money you haven't got
0: yeah. it's just gonna make you more fucking miserable yeah so would you guys ever can uh, consider something like looking at putting on a, a virtual con so we we were yeah. lucky enough to get um into the lakes this year and they've made it a virtual comp, which is fine you know and again great because at least they're trying to do something and they've done a, a wonderful job of the website i've got to say it's up now and and you know they've they've just asked us for some stuff and, and h gave it to them and they, they did all the work but is that something that would appeal to either of you um, I, if you I, had the wherewithal to do it would you want to do it that way for me no because no. it's not a con you might as well have a website
2: Yeah, I don't think I'd want the stress of it. For one, I'd need to know how to do it properly because my rule with everything truly was is if I can't do it well or I'm not sure of how to do it, it's easier to just not do it. Um, I had a table at Thought Bubble so I've signed up to the online con that they're doing so it'll be interesting to see how that goes but I don't know how much online cons generate. I mean, I've done a couple of online cons as a punter side of it Mm. and it's not always clear what the fuck I'm supposed to do. (laughs) <laughs> you know watching the videos and that of people doing online panels but then yeah. it's not always clear where am i supposed to go to buy their stuff yeah and i i it's I don't like there's not you, an exhibited page there that's got all the links on that i need are they supposed to be if i click on their name do i see them sat at a table in their house like when they do kitchen kitchen con's yeah, great yeah kitchen on's great because you click on the thing or whatever and it's the person sat there in their kitchen and you can have a webcam conversation with them if you want to or yeah it's a bit like chat roulette
1: but yeah
2: <laughs> you know I've, who you click it on
1: i've looked i've watched a few and videos you know when they've, they've streamed um yeah, like yeah. Uh, like um workshops and things and like you look at how many people are in and it's, a lot of times it's just been me there's not there's not been that many people into them, I, and for or me it's the
2: t- same people from the comic community so it's you know me tony cliff yeah. for example. These are <laughs> yeah, names. But-
1: the whole, point, the whole point of a Comic-Con for me is the same reason I don't like digital comics and the same reason I don't like Slab. It's a tactile, tactile it's, it's an immersive, yeah. it's a thing that you do. Yeah. And I think as much as, you know, I applaud the guys for doing these, trying to do something mm-hmm. in, in this climate at the moment.
3: Yeah.
1: It's just not for me. I wouldn't, I wouldn't I've wouldn't. i tried, I've, I've been onto a couple of them and, and, and had would wander around and it's, it's, it's I, I just find them pointless. For me, if I want to buy that stuff, I'll contact you directly. Yeah, you know, you've got a website, you've got a Facebook page, you've got Instagram. It's the same thing, just in one place. Um, for me, the joy of is going meeting these people, talking about how they did these things, you know, shaking the hand, getting a hug, you know, getting their stuff. It's all that sort of stuff going on for me, Mm. and that is never going to happen until there's a vaccine. Yeah,
2: that's it. One hundred percent, I would say, or not one hundred percent, but a large part of supporting and buying things from small press people is for me particularly it's because i like the creator i've spoken to the creator or yeah, i've heard the yeah. creator speak on an interview um it's why i generally don't buy things off people's websites i wait until i can see them in person and speak to them mm. kind of thing which you know isn't possible at the moment so i'm a bit more but like you'll hear them interviewed on the eight comics pod or you'll speak to them at a con mm. and speaking to somebody at a con you get a real idea of why they're in for it
3: yeah
2: and, you know, you could have something that could appeal to me on every level, but if you're just a bit of a prick when you're talking to me about it,
0: <laughs> I'm going to walk away. Mm. So that's why you walked away, was it? Yeah, but, you know, you
2: still thrust all that stuff at me, you
0: bastards.
1: And you build up relationships with people, and, and yeah. you get to know people. And it's like you said about a symbiotic thing. It's, it's all to do for comics. It's, I think the community is very much of that. And I don't I don't get virtual stuff i don't understand it i i i get i get why they're doing it mm-hmm. but i've spoken to people who've done them um and i've, I've spoken to people who have attended them i've attended them i just don't see the point it's about I, I,
2: keeping I, your presence there isn't it so yeah. you're in people's minds it's like we i did a weekly mailer but well there's nothing going on i've stopped it i told people i was stopping it because it's pointless putting it out and you could argue that by not doing it, I've no longer got that weekly presence on people's mind. But if they go on the Facebook page, we still do the Draw Something Sunday every week and that. There's better ways of keeping your presence, I think. Yes. I just don't see how, for me personally, how they would have the appeal or the same kind of draw. For even hardcore comic fans, because I'm a pretty hardcore comic fan. Mm. And even I struggle to work at the enthusiasm sometimes to sit but, at my laptop.
1: Is it not the status of the con though? Is it not thought bubble and, and lakes and the other one saying, you know, we're not doing it, but look what else we've done. Yeah. Instead of just saying, we're going to cancel it, come back next year, hopefully it'll be bigger. And then just leave it. It's all, it's almost, Yeah. it's fine. It's just, like I say, it's just not for me. I, I don't do digital comics. I don't, you I don't give do people the chance to like, miss you. Yeah. And yes. Don't, you know, yeah. once if it's not there next year, you put, Got balls deep in and do the best you can if, for if it. If you've
2: done it well enough, people are going to remember you. Nobody's yes. going to get forget Thought Bubble because they took no. a year off.
1: God no, they'll forget me if I take yeah. a year off. You know, you, you know. They'll, they'll... I mean to be funny.
2: <laughs> fair, <laughs> forget me. It's like when they do these polls at the end of the year, like what was your favourite con of the year? Because we're at the beginning of the year, nobody fucking with <laughs> <ravels> us. <laughs> You'll see it in comments where people are like, "Oh, this one, I, this one, I this one." for you. I know, and I paid you for that, thank you very much. Yeah,
0: not enough,
1: though. <laughs> so th- this year's going to go up a little bit. You-, you should win this year, though. It's gonna, I was going to say, it's going to be a really short list this yeah, year. Yeah, you would be about... number one this year.
0: Yeah, and if you still don't win, Stuart, do you? and you're the only con in town, then, then you've got a reason to feel the group. Uh, yeah, I,
1: I would re-examine your, your life choices. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're not coming back. <laughs> no, but, I, I you know it's like cons cons for me like i said for the very first con it's yeah. always been about that interaction with people whether it's yeah. interaction with sellers interaction with people selling the comic books interaction with other geeks I- interaction with artists that's for me as a con and An you can't do that yeah of course it's <laughs> cool yeah I've had, I've had i've had i've had bad interactions but yeah. like you nine out of ten is good stuff
0: and being devil's advocate here i mean i've got to say that i know we've talked about thought bubble and the lakes and and You know, and I do get that it's not going to be, you know, a con because you know sitting and watching a live stream of Dave Gibbons isn't the same as meeting Dave Gibbons, is it? And listening to him tell stories, but. I do applaud the effort they've gone to to yes. try and give us something. Oh, no, I'm not taking anything uh, away no, from no, them no, no, to do no. it. And I don't want anyone thinking that we are. You know, no, I not at be all. Clear. We're not saying that. What it's we're just not is for different. me. It's different, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? It's, gonna be it's very I,
1: different. I don't need an excuse to, to slag the legs so of thought bubble. If, if I didn't like it, I'd say I didn't like it. Yeah. I just, I, I think this this sort of stuff, like like Stuart yeah. just said, if I want to watch Dave Gibbons talk about books and tell us, so I watch YouTube videos. There's hundreds of them. If I want to buy stuff from you, Damien, I'll go on your Facebook site or website or Instagram. It's not. It's just not for me. But it, it's. Okay. They're the trying to put something out there to just try to keep it ticking over, so there is something that fans can go to and stuff. And yeah, it's fine. And and it's no. It's 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 good that they're doing something. It's just not my bag
0: yeah and that's same. fine that's everybody's right to have a, an opinion on what they think will work and won't work isn't it i, I think think it hope is. it works
2: i really hope it works i hope it's a, sm- a huge success not so much that they're like we don't need to do the actual physical one anymore i genuinely hope that it's a success for yeah. the people that have got involved and are you know have got a virtual table for want of a better term i really yeah. hope that it is successful then mainly because you know it it's potentially going to be the only source of income for a lot of people yeah. yes
1: very much so this year
2: i'm not willing it to fail at all i just like we've repeatedly said it's not for me i am yeah. i like the i want to i, I
1: want to go to a con and i want to touch damien well exactly who doesn't i mean that's you know. how we earn any money we get that's yeah. how we sell
2: tickets You <laughs> yeah. Touch damien.
1: I, yeah i, w- I want to go and touch damien in, in in behind his ears and things and i want to be touched
2: I know. You've you got a banner it. at the next con. You looking over your shoulder with your finger on your mouth, looking saucy. Not... <laughs> he already does that. He's not, seen, he's not seen his Christmas card. I got the Burt Reynolds in front of the fire one.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: the young Burt Reynolds. Yeah, that's just beautiful.
0: Yeah, that wasn't a tash. <laughs> no. So, uh, yeah. Brilliant. Well, thanks, guys. I mean, that's that's been uh, it's been a long one, and, and I will. Yeah. Sorry up, about that. No, no, not at all. Because we, you know, we've had a, a, a really, really good conversation about all the points. Um, well,
1: again, I, I know how long my really have been. My batch is about to go dead, so that's how, I know how long I've been here.
0: <laughs> well, we're very up here then. Uh, really appreciate your time, guys. Really appreciate you giving up your evening to do this. It's been it's been fantastic.
1: I really am always happy to talk comics hope, and comics. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm exactly the same. I'll I will talk uh, about it until so the cows come home.
0: Do you want to just tell people quickly where they can find your your stuff? Your no, your No, no I'm alright. Thanks.
2: After you, <laughs> Stuart. I was gonna say, do you want to let Den go first in case his battery I, dies? But
1: no, I I don't I don't really have anything. I you know Oldham Comic Con Facebook page, um, Instagram, um, Comic Den Facebook page, Instagram, um,
2: and that's about it really. Right, I, I will second Comic Den because support your local comic shop or support any comic shop that you can yep. if you haven't got a local one. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not as humble as Den, so I will whore away. Um, <laughs> True Believers, you can find on Twitter and Instagram, yeah, Twitter and Instagram as at OK True Believers. Um, Got the website, OKTrueBelievers.com, where you can also find some of the other stuff we do. Um, Facebook, we're at Facebook.com forward slash OK True Believers. Again, there's not a huge amount going on at the moment, but on Facebook, particularly every Sunday, we do the Draw Something Sunday, where we just put a post up and just ask people if they're doing some drawing, if they want to get involved, just post a picture of it, um, just to get people creating something on a lazy Sunday afternoon while songs of praises on or whatever they do.
0: And it's the only, it's the only way I know what day of the week. Yeah. Is. And at the moment it's um, also
2: people's yeah. weekly calendar.
0: How dare you go up against God? <laughs> so like, well, me? You know, I, I can take him. I'm, I'm into oh, comics. We're, we're bigger than God. Yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll go with that.
0: Yeah. I'll
2: go with that. <laughs> um, yeah. Me, you can find, I'm on Twitter. mostly for posting my art. So on Twitter is at token nerd, Facebook.com. Um, forward slash Stuart can't draw, my page on there is Stuart thinks he can draw, or you can find me on Instagram as Stuart underscore thinks underscore he underscore can underscore draw that's an underscore, not the word underscore obviously uh, you can find my comics on Comic House and then you can find the podcast we do on Podbean and you can find all the links for that, actually on Podbean which is hauntednerds.podbean.com
0: Brilliant uh, and I'm Damien Edwardson. and I'm the less talented half of Art 92 you can find us on all the socials at uh, well, it's all at Art92, Facebook Art92, Instagram Art92. Like I say, every week, you know, you get to our you look, you can remember to put your pants on the mind, different <laughs> sort of social links. So, we try and keep it simple. Uh, if you've enjoyed this show, and I, I would be gobsmacked if you didn't, um, why not check out our previous episodes? We're available on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um. All kinds of things that I didn't even know existed, to be honest with you. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. I believe we're supposed to ask you to give us a like and a review because it proves that people actually do listen to us. <laughs> like... and it's not just me, me playing it <laughs> 20 times. And finally, I'd like to thank both Stuart and Den for giving up the time. I hope you've enjoyed this. It's been a absolutely brilliant episode. And I think people will have learned a lot about the work that goes into conventions and maybe in the future, hopefully not taken for granted as much as, as they do. So uh, thanks to you both.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, if you've got a local comic con and it's the kind of thing you like, support it, whether it's the actor con or the comic con, if that's what you're into support it, cause you don't know when it's going to disappear. So support it where you can and make them know that you want them there. You support them. You like what they do and just, whether it's going or sharing it or whatever, just support your local Comic-Con, support your local comic artist, support your local comic shop. Sorry.
0: (laughs) No, that's fine. And uh, just to wrap up, as uh, the 11th Doctor Who, Matt Smith once said, if the world was a bit more like a Comic-Con, we'd all be a little bit happier. Thanks for listening to me and say goodbye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. (laughs) Very good. Bye-bye. See ya. See you later.